Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Please don't take this person out. Would you politely go to hell? Get the fuck out of my way. Who is Jimmy Pardo? Guess again. Here he is. And I do the horns. You're the one yelling, Jimmy. Yeehaw! Let's have some maple syrup. Oh, man. See? I know what I'm doing and I know how to catch it. On tape, it's the fastest hour in podcasting. This is Never Not Funny. Now, here's your host, Jimmy Pardo. Hello, everybody. DDS, welcome into the program. That program's name is Never Not Funny. The episode number is 2906. And we welcome you in as we do each and every week to this program. Whatever podcatcher you use. Uh, maybe you use the Amazon. Maybe you use the Apple. Maybe you use uh, some other one that I'm not aware of. I don't... Uh, I, I don't I don't know. I guess I just use Apple. I don't know where anybody gets their uh, uh, podcasts from, but we appreciate that you took the time to find a way to get get it into your ears and into your life. Gotta get you into my life is a song by uh, the Beatles that Earth Wind and Fire did a cover of, as did the hot rock band Chicago. Uh, in a live setting, they would do that. It was terrific. Yeah. Truth, truth be told, it was terrific. Um, uh, a couple of business things got out of the way before we get moving. Uh we had a nice uh, crowd. Uh, I, I want to use the Kevin, uh, the alien bean crowd crowdcast, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not what we call it. We call it just the uh, the quarterly uh, live uh, stream. Yeah, bingo morning is what it was. Uh, mm-hmm. Morning for us here in Los Angeles. Um, it was nice. Very nice. It was fun. If you are not part of that third tier, and uh, you know we uh, we don't really upsell that as much as we could. We mentioned it from time to time. If that's uh, if your finances are such that you could join us. At that, uh, subscribe at that level. We welcome you, and uh, we do these quarterly bingo games. We had a very nice time yesterday. I had a migraine, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, may still be lingering, but mm. uh, uh, yesterday, as I said, I had some uh, nausea and dizziness associated with it. Is that what I said? <laughs> yeah. I had some nice f- turn of phrase that yeah. uh, seemed to tickle me. Uh, but uh, a nice group of folks, and they are. Uh, I certainly appreciate uh, anybody that takes the time out uh, to uh, join us for those and who listens and subscribes to the show in general. I. Uh, on any level, quite frankly, I appreciate yeah. it. Gives us a uh, gives us something to do during this pandemic of lockdown. Hmm. Uh, right, we're not you, locked down. Are you still locked down? I'm locked down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, now, completely off, uh, although podcast related, the most recent episode of Comedy on Vinyl. Yeah. Jason Klom has that podcast. Mm-hmm. I believe you've been a guest on it. I have. And uh, I've been a guest on it. And this week, the guest is Josh Gondelman. Yeah. And they talk about Jimmy Pardo's Sprezzatura. Oh, wow. And I went in, uh, full disclosure, I saw Dan Padley, friend of the show, Dan Padley, uh, guitar virtuoso Dan Padley, mm-hmm. 
Uh, but of many jokes on the live stream, the aforementioned live stream. Because here's the thing: when I say virtuoso, him just having the guitar next to him is better than him playing it. <laughs> it's more of a visual thing with him. It like, really, it's not about the sound so much. Because the sound's awful. He's not good at his job. <laughs> right. Of course, it's a joke. He's terrific at it. Otherwise, that joke wouldn't work. Um, but uh, Dan tweeted out about it. And uh, but, so then I check, I double checked in with Dan. Should I listen to this or will it hurt my feelings? <laughs> and he said, I would listen to it. And uh, I will be honest about it. I will be, uh, I'm, I'm nothing if not honest on this program uh, most of the time. Uh, sometimes I keep things a little close to the vest, but that's my business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, actually, I, you actually have a one and a half inch penis. Maybe <laughs> 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 the other way. I, I bumped out for yeah, humor. Sure. Uh, I, uh, I teared up at one point. Wow. The, the 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 two of them talking about me and and and, and you know they analyze comedy. That's the program the premise of that program is you talk about an album and you you know you you do a deep dive on it. Yeah. And you know I I so respect Josh Gottelman as a comedian and a joke writer and yeah. um it just, it, I honestly welled up, just so moved by their words. Yeah. It was uh, it was it was very very nice to listen to. Cool. I got to listen. Um to it's uh i'm sure they mentioned the production too how great that was they actually give you a nice compliment believe <laughs> really? they give you, uh, completely kidding. not about the album uh, about the uh, about the podcaster oh, that's nice. uh, they, in fact they give everybody they give you two a nice compliment as well everybody gets a nice uh, shout out on this thing so if you guys need to have your ego boost uh, for 13 seconds that's your <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out why why we got mentioned when we're talking about your album well they're talking about the album and just that uh you know I, uh, i'll paraphrase it badly uh you know uh, my unique voice and then how i bring people in and even on the podcast it's a unique ah. voice that i bring people into and then we've made a nice uh uh not a community but a nice soup just a nice room in here yeah nice uh good soup yeah <laughs> they didn't say soup but i uh, but i do like uh do like it thank you <laughs> the use of soup I had, I had some soup on saturday oh what kind of soup uh thank you for asking i had uh, from whole foods i had some chicken noodle okay classic uh, classic, and I had that because it was the only one available. Although Oliver had clam chowder. Oh, nice. Um, now Zoe asked me recently what my favorite soup was, and I I wanted to say clam chowder, but that's a chowder, so I felt like I couldn't. I say think that it. falls under the soup family. Okay, well that would be my answer. But then I was like, what is? If I take out chowders, what is pasta fagioli? <laughs> I do like that minestrone. Uh, but I, minestrone. I, I think what I realized is it's probably butternut squash. Oh no! Yeah, a good butternut squash. It's actually like all of the all of the monocolor soups have their have their benefits and and you know like your tomato, yeah, your lobster bisque. I think I just don't. I, apparently, I don't like a clear soup. That seems. True. I don't necessarily like. I, I like a busy soup. I like yeah. a lot of business in there. I right. like your noodle. I like your vegetable. Maybe mm-hmm. a meat. Are you a stew fan as well? I do like stew. Yeah, I got no problem with stew. We were talking about uh, Stewie from I, I, Family Guy. I couldn't think of one famous stew. <laughs> I panicked. I was, we were all trying to think of one. Is thank, there a famous thank you, stew? Thank you, Jimmy. Stew, uh, stew, Stuart Pankin. Oh, There's Sir Patrick a, Stew. Uh, uh, <laughs> Star, Star Wars own Star Trek. Comma, my apologies. <laughs> Who'd you say? Stewart, comma French. Uh, French Stewart, <laughs> the uh, terrific from Third Rock of the Sun. Boy, I would love to be able to pull the drummer from uh, the police. Close enough. Stuart Copeland. There you go. Stu Copeland. Stu yeah, Copeland. There you go. That's uh, a real stew. Uh, got a stew of stews right there. <laughs> Imagine those guys in a room. That's a lot of stews. Yeah, but that's a. But there's no stew. There's no famous stew. Like what about that Jackie Stewart? But that's a last name again. So you're stew. so just stew, not Stewart. Hey everybody, I'm a stew. Blah blah, like one of those. Yeah. You know, hey man, I'm stew. I will say the the color commentator for the 
most radio broadcast of the Lakers is Stu Lands. He well, there's was, a Stu. He was uh, Chick Hearn's like co, you know, whatever you call that. Co-host isn't the right word, but his partner is yeah, broadcast, broadcast, broadcast partner. partner. Yeah. Uh, and continues to work with whoever is the play-by-play guy now, which I don't know because I don't pay attention to Lakers you anymore. You don't need to. You've given up the gold and the gold and the purple. They got two golds <laughs> Double golds. Double gold. Uh, They've won a lot of championships, so you, you have to assume more gold as well. You got to up the ante, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Stu Bronstein, I believe, is a comedian. Uh, I hope I got the name right out of the uh, – and I think there's one out of Michigan, too, and he's going to be mad at me that I don't remember the name, but Stu hmm. – Got anything over there, Garen? Famous Any stews? famous stews? I typed in Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. Yeah. First one that came up was Stuart Little. <laughs> well, that's uh, that mouse. Fictional little mouse, Stu Little. No one calls him Stu. Nobody calls him Stu. You don't see that mouse. You go, hey, what do you say, Stu? <laughs> there really is. There's Stu Cook, an American bass guitarist, but. There's there's one the, we're missing. I think like, cause, cause Stuart it, Copeland is the most, maybe the most famous Stuart. No, but that's a W-A-R-T. Stuart. But I want to know someone who's. People call him Stu. Yeah, and I feel like there's, I feel like there's a sports announcer. Well, there's there's, there's Stu Nahan. There's the fellow yeah. from the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, but there's 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 but there's a more famous one that we're missing. I feel like. I think you guys would have found it by now. Stu Jeffries. You think about Stu Jeffries? Stu Holden is a soccer player. Maybe you think about Stu Holden, a great uh, footballer. Stu Holden is also an announcer for soccer. Yeah, I used to be on the U.S. men's national team. Stu Goldberg. American I keep thinking about Jefferson. Chick Kern, who obviously isn't a Stu, but like somehow that's in the same. Like there's a bin in my brain where the Stu I'm trying to think of is with Chick Kern. <laughs> you think so? Uh, I do. Keep, keep looking it up. What, yeah. do you, what, do you, what do you? Why do you think that might be? Do you think you might have worked with somebody whose Maybe? name was? Maybe. Or there's another. Like there's a, another like a broadcast like, partner. Like, like a broadcast. Oh, you look. Oh. Oh, I bet you. you. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I never heard of that guy. I never Stu Lands. He was his broadcast partner for like thirty years. I, I don't, Twenty years. I don't. It's got to be that. It. No, for I, you, it's got to be Stu Lance. No, because I've never heard the name Stu Lance before until today. So I can't. No, there's mm, there's a Stu Nahan. Oh, oh yeah, Stu Nahan. That's what I'm thinking of. Me too. Actually, yes. who's that? I've never heard of him. He's a sports broadcaster too, isn't he? That's who it is. Yeah, he's. Uh, best known for his television broadcasting, broadcasting career in Los Angeles from the 50s through the 90s. Which is why I would think of him. Mm. He is also remembered for his role as a boxing commentator in the first six Rocky films. Yes, that's oh. it. That's exactly how I know him. What's the name? Stu Nahan. Stu Nahan, yes. And you huh. see him in the Rocky thing, and he's uh, he delivers his line wonderfully. He's really good. Hmm. Yeah. And I think if you see his face, you'll recognize yeah. it. It's perfect. Yes, you would. All right. Absolutely. All right. Good. We uh, we solved our stew problem. Thank you, Garen. <laughs> uh, so I guess to answer your question, uh, Elliot, I do like a stew. <laughs> I do. Okay. Yeah, that's oh, him. Yeah, 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 totally. And he's got darker hair in the Rocky. Uh, Here, wait, let me see that. In the Rocky movie. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a little, little bit generic white guy, but he looks like a guy in old man makeup in this. <laughs> he does. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Look yes. like a real person. <laughs> yeah. uh, stew Nahan. Well, we wish him a lot of luck, don't we? Uh, we went to the movie, uh, motion pictures over the weekend. We went yeah. to see Queen Pins. Oh, that I didn't hear anything about that until like an ad I saw yesterday, and I was like, okay, uh, very much enjoyed it. Great. It's, it's very much an indie film. Okay, cool. Uh, but as, as always, Vince Vaughn's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. As always, mm-hmm. and we talked about did we talk about that like three weeks ago. Like he's never bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a scene in there where uh, uh, I, I I I think I, I fear I'm doing this too much lately. That I'm I'm setting people up to be disappointed. Uh, I was in my chair air kicking. I was laughing so hard <laughs> because Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn yeah. just makes me laugh. Right. And um, Oliver, too. And then we Oliver was quoting it the rest of the day. This mm-hmm. one line. And uh, and even Danielle and it, uh, and the young man, I, I always forget his name. He's it's three words. Um, he starred as uh, Richard Jewell. 
Um, he's very good. He's good in everything. Heavy set guy. Um, Paul very, Walter Hauser. Yes. Yes. He's good in everything. He's good in everything too. Very good actor. And Kristen Bell's in it. And uh, <laughs> and then a young lady who I did not know, but Danielle says that I've known her from things. Uh, she was maybe on the good play. Oh, she's a, a, a Cheney's. What what's what's that guy? Chewy's. What's 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 that? Are we talking about Kirby Howell Baptiste? Yes, she's on the Good Place. She plays somebody's girlfriend. Oh uh, yeah, she she plays um, Chidi's uh, Chidi Chidi's girlfriend. Who uh, yeah, couldn't think of the name Chidi, so I went with Chewy and uh, Chaney. She's Australian or something. Yeah, yeah, and she's she's really good in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kristen Bell's in. Uh, <laughs> she's very good. In she's this always too. good. That's a, she falls into the Vince Vaughn category. She's um, incredibly talented. Let's agree to agree. Yeah. Uh, but it's fun. It's a nice, okay. fun movie. Yeah. Nice, fun movie. We saw that uh, at our own private uh, theater with the two other folks. Awesome. Um, who uh, chatted at one point. Danielle said to Shush, and they could not have been more apologetic about it. Oh, that's nice. Um, Did they think you weren't there? <laughs> I wonder. They were like, we got the whole place to ourselves. We'll just I, talk. I actually, I actually they, they were talking as such that I think that maybe they thought that. Yeah. Like, uh, hey, there's nobody else here. Yeah. Um, I'm concerned, not not concerned. I, I, I want to make sure. Has Oliver seen uh, Shang-Chi yet? He has not. How, how is that possible? He cares. We used to care about this stuff. Has he grown out of it? Uh, no, I forget. I forget what his reason was because he did just tell me it. Is the reason dad doesn't care? <laughs> well, that is plays it, into it. Is it because it's too crowded still? Um, part of it? Maybe it's that. Maybe we're trying to find. I gotta tell you, go right up here. To yeah, the right to the Regal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Regal Beagle. <laughs> go over to the Beagle, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Um, look, I, here's the thing. Even at our uh, uh, Cinemark, quite, quite frankly, I don't know how they're open all day. Like, I, they should really limit it. Scale if, back. if they're trying to make money, <laughs> right. they should go, you know what? We're only going to be open between four and nine. Yeah. You know, no more, no matinees for the time being. Because, you know, I went to the matinee the other day. It was just me. Do you think they just have fewer people working and so it doesn't cost them that much to be open? Oh, maybe that's more? possible. Yeah. I mean, like if they know it's not going to be crowded, they can get by with a skeleton crew. But how do they get by? If, if there's literally like when I went to that matinee the other day and it was just me and then I literally saw one other person. Let's pre- So let's pretend there's six movies playing. Mm-hmm. Let's pretend there's at the most 10 people seeing a movie at any given time. Doesn't that seem like even with a skeleton a crew, waste. they're making no money? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the electricity of running the projector alone, right. you would think, would cost. Yeah. But I welcome it because I'd rather be in there by myself yeah. during these times than go, okay, now we're forced to go into this window. Because, by the way, in that window, we probably wouldn't go. Right. Yeah, I agree. But th- this was this was always the case even before COVID, right? Because matinees were always uh, pretty skimpy, yeah. And mm-hmm. so I'm wondering if the combination of training people, you know, you kept, you have kept, you should have somebody for an eight-hour shift anyway, and then you know, at a theater of any kind, the box office is one box office for as many theaters as you have, and the only the only real downside is do you need a projectionist for each room? But today, with all the digital stuff, you probably don't. Right. And if you stagger the start times, so you, you know, to your point, there may be five employees there. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you do have one person at the box office, but the reality is. Nobody uses that guy. Everybody either does it on their phone or they go over to the screen. Especially now. Mm-hmm. And then you walk in, you got one guy taking your tickets, and he he also seems to be the guy sweeping. Right. And then you got one guy behind the counter. 
then you got this projectionist you won't stop talking about because you once met Mel Brooks in a room. <laughs> now, now. My father was a projectionist, yes, and that's the reason why I keep I talking about it. I <laughs> understand that. You've got... Uh, and it's a very important job that everybody should know about. Uh, now, are you... Uh, your grandfather in the projectionist guild, right? Because of your father? No, although you, you, my grandfather was a projectionist. Oh. But why aren't you? Yeah, what, what happened? I, I, I didn't want to. All right, well, that, that answers that. <laughs> and then uh, I was briefly uh, in the sound local because, uh, and my dad did help me, you know, figure out how to navigate that. Um, nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and that is the downside of a lot of unions is that that, that plays into it a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know what sound local means. That means uh, like anything union. in film that does with sound. So whether you've oh, got okay. the, the earphones or the microphones or whatever it is, there's I, I had... An opportunity I could have been a um, a sound guy on a an orchestral stage that was possible, but I would have had to quit college to do it. I would have I had one year left in college. I'm like, I don't want to. I put this time in. I want to get this degree. Yeah, you want to close that up. Yeah, but and in then, reality, it turns out you didn't need to finish that up at all. I mean, that's probably true, but well, I had earned for your own most, sense of pride. Yeah, and I I I actually you know in various ways either through work or scholarships had earned that that time. To have wasted all of that, in essence, I thought, I've got to finish that. And then, of course, the opportunity wasn't there anymore by the time I was done. I guess I just meant by what you've chosen to do for a living, uh, you getting that degree doesn't really matter. Um, the degree, no, but I did learn some things that I still use. What is your degree in? Uh, I finished in music. I started in uh, physics. Let me go further. My point is, we didn't look at uh, your college no, no, credentials <laughs> to hire you here. I, I feel that's true almost across the board sure. in show business. Oh, oh, yes. just, yeah. No one gives a shit. Well, I mean, it, except maybe a film degree <laughs> from like USC or yeah, a master's from an online that's, place. That, <laughs> that's more just networking. That's it the is. Of that. But do you think that do you think that your first couple of jobs, it doesn't to some people indicate something? Even though they don't care about what you actually necessarily learn, because you're going to learn the real stuff on on the job. I can tell you it indicates not to hire you. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you that. Is that, is that true? Like having having a USC film degree is like, oh, this guy's going to be an asshole. I think having a terminal degree now, yeah, is more of a harm than a good. And and why why would that? Because be? they have to pay you for that degree. You call ah, it a, a terminal degree. He did say yeah. terminal degree. That's something That's you like yeah. an end level degree isn't they called the term i've never heard it in my life i've never heard that i'm not making fun i'm just i never heard it well i have a history of using words incorrectly (laughs) no i mean i like the sense of it so you mean like a master's or a doctorate yes yes it sounds like you're gonna die of education (laughs) (laughs) it it, it feels like it i mean i mean matt i think i think garen yeah i think what may prove that maybe that's what you you said what you meant (laughs) let's acknowledge what's what we're not talking about here the elephant in the room oh yeah did garen go through a wind tunnel on the way here (laughs) why 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 is your hair bananas today I don't know. I actually put even the back seems like it got it's weirdly blown out. I I think I'm trying to grow it out a little bit to see if I want to make it stay longish, and uh, it's it's got a life of its own. It's definitely got a little bit of uh, stuck my finger in a. It's got yes situation. (laughs) Uh, That said, I I don't dislike it. I think it looks. I I actually think it looks cool. It needs to get cleaned up a little bit on this. I wouldn't mind seeing it cleaned up. Yeah, it's getting a little Mm -hmm. mushroomy. Little, but I like I don't know I, I admire anybody that can go uh, you and Matt and even uh, Hokeberg what you guys do with your uh, I've never called him by his last name ever nope <laughs> very Seems weird like an odd way to go on that yeah. I admire anybody that can do anything with their hair other than what I'm stuck doing <laughs> but you got a thing and you stick with it and people recognize you for it I don't I, but, I, I, but boy do I like we talked about it last week during the pandemic I wish I would I had the chance to grow it out without it hurting yeah I mean pain is temporary 
hair is forever. <laughs> what? No, it's not. <laughs> I think if you research it, you'll find that's true. I don't know. I, uh, I believe there's pills that you can take so you, uh, to help uh, keep your hair. It's forever. <laughs> the memories. Uh, well, you're talking about the musical hair, right? You see that once. Yeah. That's going to stick with you. Long bit of a hair. It's like cats now forever. We should do a thing one day. Uh, uh, not now, certainly. Or maybe Jimmy's Records Apes should do this. Uh, best musical uh, with uh, one word title. Oh, boy. Oh, I like that. So you premise. got your Avita. You got Avita. You got Rent. Is anyone thinking of beat Hamilton? No. Oh, no. Hamilton. You know what? There's too many, it turns out. Yeah. You know what? I'm out on this game. Well, I mean, <laughs> Hamilton is. You're talking about the variety program, the best <laughs> television variety show, Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> Bring a dune. Uh, Car- Oklahoma. Carousel. Yeah. Oh, there uh, are some heavy hitters. This game sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We got to go the other way. What's the best musical that has more than one word? Yeah. Uh, it's bye, bye, it's weird how many there are. Yeah. What the hell? Rent. We didn't even say rent. You did actually yeah. say rent. Did we like, say rent yet? Yeah. It's like the first or second thing you <laughs> yeah. said. What about Greece? Maybe I meant to say Greece. Uh, Greece. Well, that's the word. It, it is the art. So, so that, that's going to have That's an edge. the word. Yeah. That's going to have an edge. You're damn <laughs> right. Is a funny thing happened on the way to a forum, on the, to the forum, is that a musical? It's more than one word. Uh, that's what well, I was going with the other premise. This is the most words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it a musical? I can't remember. I don't remember. I believe it is. Oh, yeah. Isn't it with Zero Mostel? It's got that, it's got that song, Tragedy tomorrow, oh, comedy, comedy tonight. tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got at least one song. <laughs> I don't know any others, but uh, yeah, there's, if you want to go longest titles, that's gotta be there. there's uh what's the one with like, uh, you know, Schmuglin and Pierre and the war of 1812 and there's a balloon in the back or something. Oh, I don't know. That. Is that the Comet one? The Comet. Yeah. It's, it's oh like, yeah yeah yes it's please like John and Pierre please. and the Great Comet of 1812 or some shit oh goodness uh, how to succeed in business without well, really trying I was thinking about yeah, that that's a good long one yeah and that was uh, that starred Matthew Broderick at one uh, point in the most recent one Karen yeah. please tell me the real title I was just waiting for someone to correct me because I don't know the I'm Na- trying to think Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812 thank you is that a musical yeah mm-hmm. that was the one it was like five years ago right yeah Josh Groban was in it I think yes you're a hundred percent right uh, and then. He left, and then there was that kerfluffle about uh, that guy Oak from Hamilton was hired, and then it was the ticket sales were not good. They hired him to try to juice the ticket sales. I'm not sure. Maybe it didn't work as well as they hoped it would, and so they let him go prematurely to bring Mandy Patinkin in, and everyone was like up in arms about it, and so then Patinkin was like, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not, I'm not taking this guy's job. And so that was even a bigger kerfluff <laughs> and it closed anyway oh. <laughs> after all but it was supposed to be really good it was supposed to be good right yeah did I, it come I, here to the amundsen i don't think it ever did i, I would have, i would like to see it um i don't know if there's ever a chance for it to tour or something do you want to see josh groban do it or would you rather see uh i'm not against grobes uh, i think he's got a wonderful voice but i think he lacks charisma yeah i think it would i think on stage that's that would be less problematic i, I don't want to look at him on a movie screen or tv screen necessarily but if i'm 60 feet back. Yeah, okay. I think it works. And you're not going to be closer than that at the Amundsen. Yeah, you just... You not just, with those prices. Sure, of course. You just enjoy the voice. You don't have to worry about what the guy's face is. I do like it. I, I, I once tweeted out that I on the very same day on the road at a Walmart in Indiana, I bought the new Iron Maiden and the new Josh Groban. Mm-hmm. On the same day. And I think that's, you're in the Guinness Book of World Records for the only person to ever do that. <laughs> I, I think under the category of who gives a shit. Uh, here's, here's a sale that nobody gives a fuck about. You uh, self-involved prick, I think is what it says. Which is very, they're very aggressive in Guinness now. Oh, they're drunk. I know it's worth three topics past it, but I do have to point out that if we're playing Doug Benson rules on titles, Hamilton is actually called 
Hamilton and American Musical. Yes, it is. Not eligible. Not eligible. I I agree with you on that. Yeah. Because you're right. That's a good point. I agree because you're giving the fact. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Uh, Yeah. So that is not. uh, um, Is Sweeney Todd. Does Sweeney Todd have a have a thing like that too? Sweeney Todd Barber of Fleet Street. Street, So that would that would qualify it for a potential long one. Now, what about Evita? Is Evita called Evita a rock opera or is it just Evita? I forget what they've done with those. Now it's time to find out what's the shortest one word. Like how how few letters? Ra. <laughs> is that a is that a musical? I don't know. <laughs> it's about it's it's the musical version of uh, High School Musical, right? Ra. Mm-hmm. Aren't there a lot of uh, cheerleaders in uh, High School Musical? No, maybe. Is everybody all right? Is everybody okay? <laughs> musical version of High School Musical. Uh huh. Well, they already have the. Already what, what, no, what's the television show called? High School Musical, the musical, the series, the series, the series. yeah. So. So I think that they. I would guess do I was that. spelling Ra R A, okay, which is the god Ra. <laughs> yeah, I thought I. Uh, uh, what about Pie? Is it wasn't Pie a musical? Well, there's the there's, there's the movie, movie Pie, which is pretty good movie. I'd be surprised if that got adapted. I'm to seeing an album cover uh, from when I worked at the record store of something that was one or two letters. I, I recognize, by the way, the Pie is not a. It's a symbol. It's a symbol. Well, it could be a symbol, but you could spell it P I. That has a. If, has if a, there was a musical that was just. The symbol for pi, that would be the shortest possible yeah. name for In, a musical. Unless you had a musical that was like a, a uh, punctuation, punctuation mark. mark and you considered that less than one letter. Oh, rah. Did we brought that up? <laughs> <laughs> um, rah, rah, something to do with the sun? Is that, is yeah, that, he's the sun god, sun Egyptian god. sun Did you god. just say that? I, just, I said Egyptian. I didn't say sun. Okay, but it has something to do with the sun. Because now this is, is somehow... You think there's a, a musical about the Egyptian sun god Ra? I mean, if there is, wouldn't, there you, wouldn't you see there, it? There should be. I mean, that's a great premise. I don't you know anything think, about like, the guy. What's but. the one that all the stars did a album for, like Aria or something like that? Or, or I'm not Aida. I, Aida. There is, I, there is a very good chance I'm thinking of that. Yes, but there is a band called Ra. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> Here's their logo. Is that no? That doesn't help me at all. Are they a? Uh, but that's, that's got a Christian rock logo it does, vibe to it. Yeah, but that's also that's like an well, is it an onk? It's not quite. A, is that an onk for the? Trying, they're trying to evoke that Egyptian hieroglyphic look to the whole thing. Boy, uh, what's your favorite Christian rock band? Um, well, now it's Ra. Mine's <laughs> <laughs> probably Petra. Oh, okay. I was gonna go Striper. That's your favorite. By the, the way, it's you're, the, literally the only one I know. You read that book that uh, the Tales from the Sunset Strip, whatever that book was that I read. I forget the title. I, yeah. I very much enjoyed it. But they basically were like, uh, those guys were doing as much coke and fucking as everybody else. Like, uh, they, you know, they fell into that. Uh, they saw a niche and yeah. they, they filled it. Well, as a reminder, they, they with their jizz. are the <laughs> <laughs> yellow and black attack. You think their jizz was yellow and black as well? Maybe. That'd be, quite a, that'd be neat. By the way, David Wilde is going to be here in a little bit. I bet you he's got some striper stories. He, <laughs> yeah. seems, he seems to have a story about every, you know. Totally. Every, uh, any musical act you want to mention, he, mm-hmm. uh, he's he got something to, uh, to do with them in some way, shape, and or form. Mm. I believe he was also at the Emmys last night. Uh, in fact, I know that because his head was in uh, a lot of the shots. Yeah. You recognized uh, it? Okay, yeah, of course. Was he working or was he... Uh, no, he was nominated. Enjoying himself. He was oh, nominated. For working on some other... I believe on last year's Oscars. Is that possible? That is possible. Uh, or for the... Uh, the sp- Maybe for the Springsteen... Uh, 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 on Broadway, I think? No, no the uh, 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 Celebration Inaugural, maybe? 
Oh, remember that thing? Uh, right, that, that was nominated. Okay, yeah. Um, I kind of mi- I missed a lot of big chunks of. You know what? Grammys. He'll be here soon. Why don't we just ask him? Yeah, what he'll tell us. That'll uh, Grammys. Uh, it was for the Grammys. Oh, for the Grammy Awards. That makes sense. He's yeah. probably a writer. On that it. makes more sense. Yeah, Pretty he writes sick. on all those things. He, he's never not working. Yeah, I, I don't know why he has time to come here. To quite frankly, you know what happened to me? Uh, one thing happened to me watching the Emmys last night is uh, there was a category where um, SNL was nominated, and I was like. And I saw in the humongous brick of names that are the writer, the writing staff of SNL, I saw that Lorne Michaels is credited as a writer on SNL. And that made me go, man, how many Emmys must Lorne Michaels Mm. have? And then they lost. And I was like, actually, probably not that many. (laughs) (laughs) Because I doubt they won that much. Wait, did he lose? They they won? No, they, they lost. They won... They didn't win the writing one. They won the show. They won the, because it was them and which, one other show. Which he gets an Emmy for that too. But it just seems like so he must have a ton. Like I, it's got to be double I'm, digits. I'm going to say. Uh, Although I don't know, there's many years he's, he's where to look it up. You know, like here's what you have to factor in. You know, you see how John Oliver just cleans up. They used to, I think, they used to be in the same category as as talk show, like variety talk. It was yes, all. I believe you're right. Now they've split it up so that SNL can win. But I think for a long time he would just routinely be losing to whatever David the, Letterman or or John Stewart or whatever the thing, whatever the talk show du jour that everyone was like. This that is the best said, one. my guess twenty eight. Twenty eight. Okay. Got twenty eight Emmys. Yeah. Let's put some. Let's, let's put some it. money let's, on we're it. We're gonna put some money on it, Elliot. Oh, all right. I got. Oh, there's. there's, there's now that I heard buzz. that buzz that time. Yeah. yeah. Something's going on. And, oh, you know what? It's that. Oh, yeah. Okay, you got a little... Uh... It's when I pushed on it. All right. Uh, let's see. To quote Groucho Marx, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's Groucho. Oh, yeah, I guess this works. I was waiting for it to put some money on it, but yeah, this works. Yep. All right, I'm in for a dollar. 28 is my... Uh-oh. Oh. 28 is my guess. We're uh, guessing how many uh, Emmys Lorne Michaels has. All right. I mean, like, I feel like it's either going to be 50 or, like, 7. <laughs> it's going to yeah, be, I, like, crazy I low. Can you be in or drug? I just... I had to count. I'm not comfortable with the way that uh, Elliot's chosen those shoes uh, with the shorts. <laughs> He's, let me see. It, uh, it, now I don't mind it, but it threw it through. And who gives a fuck what I think? But my point is, uh, when you first stepped out of there, I was like, oh, it looks like you're the guy that uh, is walking around without his pants on because oh. they're getting ironed. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the black, the black socks and the boots. Yeah. I do feel like one of the one of the fashion things that even as a 47 year old who mostly doesn't care, the thing that plagues me most living in Southern California is what is the correct length sock and shoe to wear i i do have to wear shorts sometimes it's too hot to not wear shorts sometimes mm-hmm. but i always i feel like there's no correct answer no matter what i'm doing i'm like yeah this doesn't look great i just like i just don't like my legs i guess <laughs> I don't, i'm a little surprised you're not wearing shorts today quite frankly it's it, so, it so hot the, outside yeah well it wasn't that bad when i left but right it's just warming up for sure i'm gonna say um 16 16 28 for me i got garen already looked this up so you can't bet Elliot. All right. Yeah. It's only, by the way, let's point out that Garen is, we, we, we bust his balls. He's, he's, he's awful at his job. <laughs> he's, he's very slow. Yeah. Yet every time it comes to something we're going to bet on, he seems to find that answer immediately and then can never bet on it. Yeah. I, I so, wonder if it's because we always bet on stuff that's, that's really easy to find. Oh yeah. 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 
Or you just don't like betting. I mean, if if it were me, I don't no, like. I, I like betting. I, maybe I should I should be the one to look it up then, because I don't like betting. So oh. yeah, but you have to be. You're not. You don't get to walk away with that money. <laughs> Obviously, when the show ends, and hopefully someday we will be able to stop. And you doing have it, all the chips. Uh, then we will all cash in our chips. You say be able to stop doing this as if we're doing it under duress. <laughs> it is a bit. It's a bit like that. Uh, of course, I'm kidding. Uh, um, Elliot. Yeah. What did you say? Don't, don't panic the listener. We're not, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> All right. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, I said 28. Matt said 17. I said 16. Uh, so I'm going to. I ho- now I hope it's 17 and he's wrong. I'm going to go. What's, what's horrible is I thought about saying 17. I was like, nah, it's crazy. I'm going to go 16. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I'm going to go with the uh, with the other direction thought that uh, I think, Matt, you were saying it's either it's either, you know, 16 or 50. Right. I'm going to go with 49. 49 wow. just to not 50. just not to just to not say 50 all right garen do we have a winner does anybody get it on the nose no okay right. that's not a surprise is somebody within two either way i feel like elliot made a mistake he could have yeah he taken it. either of our legs out on either direction yeah. he did something weird i oh. wanted to be closer to right our guest is here maybe we should let him because oh no he has to go test Sorry. oh he's got a test yeah all right so but we do have to wait until garen comes back oh boy oh boy what a tease What's it going to be? What's it going to be, Santa? What's it going to be? What's it going to be, boy? Yes or oh, no? Oh, you know what I just realized? He was also a producer on Conan. A late night. And 30 and, Rock. And, to, and The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And 30 Rock. And a, and a number of other oh, shows I'm that fu- may have oh, only had right. one season. Yeah, you're I'm, 16. I'm you probably should go with 17 God then. <laughs> can, can I change mine to 17? <laughs> uh, I'm going to allow it because I thought you said 17. Okay. Uh, so I'm allowing 17. Yeah, we're fucked. So I'm, I'm, I'm except Elliot. We're low. I think Elliot's gonna win. I'm looking up uh, short, um, short musicals names. I have found something with two characters, but I'd never heard of it. So What's it know. called, sir? Thirteen. Oh yeah, is you that familiar? That? You know the I, musical Thirteen? I've, I've heard of that. Yeah. I, I, now I'm trying to think of what it is, though. I mean, I could probably. Oh, there's also wait. There's also one right now called Six. Oh well, that would be shorter. Well, that would be shorter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's the it's spelled out. It's not uh, ah. Then it would not be longer. Number six. All right. So thirteen is the only Broadway musical ever with a cast and band entirely made of teenagers. Oh, well, so I, I so the way that that's time. written, it sounds like they took a bunch of teenagers, kind of mixed and matched the parts, and made up the band. It's like the, the cast is it's a cast of teenagers. Why can't they just say a cast of teenagers? It's a it's a weird. I don't like that sentence. Yeah. It's, Long way around. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy is, I don't know if you're confused, annoyed. Uh, not, none of the above. Just uh, I, I understood it. But if you didn't, uh, there's a lot of things I don't understand. <laughs> so uh, uh, we learn by reading, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. I know there's creative uh, experimentation is, is exciting and great. But just from a business standpoint, do you really want to open a Broadway show with only teenagers? Do I know? That's no. just like saying, hey, come see our high school production. I mean, Menudo, maybe these, these kids are at the dead. I'm sure they're great. Like, they had to be good to get the parts, but it's still like, do you want to come see some kids do a show or do you want to see some seasoned professionals? <laughs> I would rather see seasoned professionals or I can go to my local uh, high school and right. watch them. Yeah. Which, by the way, which I will enjoy from time to time. I mean, I happen to live in a place where the high school is is renowned for their performances. And I, I have seen a show there, even though I don't have a child at that school. And it was phenomenal. They're really, really talented. And that, actually, I'm going to another one in October because Zoe being in eighth grade, the two middle schools closest to this high school have been invited to perform with the high school. So, and they're doing an outdoor concert for COVID reasons. And uh, so Zoe gets to perform with the, this Oh, that's great. Exciting. Uh, you know, she's excited about it. And and uh, again, I'm happy to go because unlike 
most i think probably most places where you go oh a school production it's just like you would dread going to it just because you know it's not gonna be very good these kids are incredible and and the whoever is doing the you know the coaching and the what's happening now that's just a junk call um i thought something garen and david someone got trapped outside <laughs> uh anyway yeah i'm looking forward to it um the uh, to your point steve ayat and i once saw a uh, a high school production of jesus christ superstar where i will maintain that the guy playing jesus was one of the best i've ever seen wow so it, it, where was that it was now full disclosure we did not know that it was a oh, high school you, production right i remember you telling the story now uh we just uh, steve was in town working at the funny firm and i said hey they're doing it out in this they're doing it there and i i truth full disclosure, I, I didn't really understand the theater at that time <laughs> and i was just like all right well that's a big city like, like joliet or whatever let sure surely they get the the touring company of <laughs> whatever and uh nope we showed up and we're like, are we seeing a high school? And then, like halfway through, we realized we were, and not halfway through, probably, probably a little quicker than that. <laughs> um, but the guy playing Jesus was phenomenal, That's phenomenal, awesome. Uh, uh, everything go okay out there, uh, Garen? He's a little winded, so something. It's hot. Oh, that might be the Celsius. Even in the hallway? Even in the hallway? Yeah, I just feel like I got really hot. I feel like I should have put that thing up in my window based on what you just said, and I yeah. didn't. Is it? Are you hot for teacher? Is that what happened? <laughs> got a bed, got a bed, got a bed. Oh, ah, ha, eh, ha. Uh, uh, Ellie, what are you looking up? I was just looking for short musical names. So the shortest thing I found so far, I found three three-letter. It's alphabetical. It's a very long list. I don't know. I'll get through all of it. But um, I found three three-letter musicals. I'd ask you to guess, but I'd never heard of them except one might be. Well, something. I just said six is one of them. Well, six three letters or one number? Uh, three it's, letters. I get spelled out as far as I Okay. Know. Well, I hadn't gotten to S yet. I'm only at B. Okay. Um, uh, Ace? Nope. Oh, the, the Ace Freely story. <laughs> uh, oh, that would have an exclamation point, wouldn't it? I hope um, so. Our Ari, which apparently is based in the book Exodus. I assume not the book of the Bible Exodus. Well, well maybe. A-R-I. A-R-I, yeah. Okay. And then Big. Do you know the, is it about Ari Melber? <laughs> the guy from uh, MSNBC that uh, quotes the raps, or is it, oh, yeah. or is it about Jeremy, Jeremy Piven's character from Entourage? Oh, it could be very, very well. Could be. Oh, and yeah. So was the third one you just said is based on the movie Big. I think so. Yeah. I didn't say that in the notes. I remember but... them. Oh, yeah, I remember that tried that. musical. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, very quickly, you know, we haven't mis uh, mentioned Misfit Toys in a while. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, shows we're adding shows over there from time to time. We've just added their. <laughs> I can't even get through it. <laughs> <laughs> just added the Jeremy Piven podcast is what I wanted to say. What uh, was it called? I I, I texted uh, you living guys. with Piven. Uh, yeah. Is that what it's called? Let me Should look at Living with Piven, I would imagine. I, I, I texted you guys and I was like, I, I'm sorry to do it this way, but I... I and it's him holding the cigar. Like, like, everything I, about yeah. is fucking... Where? Who listens to that? I guess guys are like Entourage. Yeah. By the way, by, that said, I thought Jeremy Piven was a great actor. He's just gone fucking stupid. How you living, Jay Piven? How you living, Jay Piven. Okay. Well, I was right about the apostrophe. All right. And it's just like, if there was a... You know, like a an AI, just like a computer program that could create a, a, a logo or just like a artwork for your podcast. That's what this is. It was like it was like they took a stock photo of Jeremy Piven and put a microphone next to him, like photoshopped a mi right. microphone next to him, and then used the most generic font possible to write out how you live in Jeremy Piven. And he is holding a cigar, right? I'm not crazy. He is lighting a cigar. Oh, uh, but that's just. I mean, I think probably. 60% of the photos of him feature a cigar, probably. Again, I, again, gross I, I, point blank, he's terrific. He is a judgment incredibly day, good actor. Judgment night, rather. He's yeah. great. 
PCU. He's great. Don't be that guy. Even in Entourage, he was great. I didn't watch it, but I I watched. You. I watched the first season until I realized uh, where I said to myself, why, why am I watching this? Yeah. Hey, you know what else I just did that with? I watched the first episode of Impeachment. No, oh, really? And, I didn't know it was that. Um, and I kind of liked it. And then... Danielle has no interest in watching it. I said, you know what? I, uh, oh, good. I'll watch, uh, I'll watch that. And I was maybe four minutes in, and I went, I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> right. I don't need, cause we talk about, I, I don't need to relive that. We, it feels it, like we've been reliving it every day for 20-something, yes. 30 years. It's weird how that was, yeah, over 20 years ago, and yet I feel like, I mean, it was so, it was like the OJ trial, and then it was, although I liked that the one. The OJ one was. Because, I, because that was, I don't know, it, that, that's weird to say it, but that that's such a dramatic and entertaining story uh, of a horrible real life event. But the the impeachment was just so frustrating because it was so stupid and politically motivated, despite the fact that Bill Clinton did an incredibly stupid and, you know, disgusting thing. Uh, it still was not, that never would have happened. None of it would have ever happened if it weren't for politics. And it was just so frustrating at the time. I don't need to relive I don't, the frustration of that. So when I think when I think about that story, there, I feel like there are two better stories that I'd like to see. One is focused more on the machinations because didn't they do a movie recently about Gary Hart and, mm-hmm. and all the things that were behind the scenes of that? Like yes. that kind of a story would be interesting, right? Because that was like a actually a, like a legit political hit where they actually right. planted that woman, right? Exactly. Yeah. But I, I imagine that there were people who, yes, Clinton did these things, but then they're like, well, how can we time this so that we can do this? And how, maybe they're going to pay a person right. to yeah. to actually say someone they wouldn't. Maybe have, it does go into that. I don't know. Which is possible, but they, might, I, I will never find you, out. <laughs> well, I you honestly saw t- have no idea if I saw that Gary Hart movie. I didn't. The, I just Jackman, saw the preview. Right? Uh, was he no is that Hugh, really yeah it was Hugh Jackman he was I mean was it Hugh Jackman you do have a computer <laughs> I know so I'm just trying to like I, I, I don't I, that doesn't sound right to me it was like wait it's called Game Changer or something wasn't it something like that that does sound I familiar I think I saw it and liked it I, I think it was good but I can't I have no memory of if I if I just saw the trailer or if I saw the movie. All right, I don't want to forget this other idea because oh, sorry, I think it's important. Uh, you think it's important? I do. Well, when you when you hear me say it, because because of the subject matter of this this series, I think it's important to acknowledge this that all of the things that Bill Clinton had done like this. In other words, if it was the story of all of his, but again, but there's a chance all of that is part of this because Paula Jones is a big part of episode one of this. I, but when I the things that I've seen where people talking about it doesn't sound like that's what it is. It's more. It sounds like it's more about the the perspective of um, oh god, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember her name. Monica Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky. It, it sounded like it was more that than any of the other things I mentioned. But I could be wrong. Right. Well, she worked on it. Like she yeah. was involved in the in the production. So you assume she's you know that it's sort of and and, if and the poster if, the the ad campaign seems very focused on her so if it was if it was her if it's mostly about her struggles during that then that could be interesting too mm-hmm. i suppose but yeah um but, but you saw me, two of them what, what, i saw one and uh, then i bailed on the second one so what's your the, feeling the what first one's it? very much a lot of paula jones okay. just, a lot of paula jones the first one um and uh like i said i just i just was like no nah, no i just yeah. don't i don't need i know this even though i knew right, the, that's the I, thing. I knew the oj stuff too but for somehow that seemed Mm-hmm. Whoa! What the shit now? Bad news, Jimmy. You're gonna live. <laughs> you just wander in like a, like a homeless person, like a hobo. Very much, very much like that. All right, David Wilde just that 15 minutes. Us. That did not feel. That like didn't that. feel like 15 minutes, David. Fuck. I think it was, I think it was by 13 and a half minutes. <laughs> uh, did it come back negative? Are you okay? 
The bad news is you're going to live. All right. Uh, <laughs> what is the negative for winning an Emmy last night? Uh, you, you did not win last night. No, I did not. Uh, we'll talk about it because uh, your, your, your bulbous head was in every uh, shot from this one camera. I won for bulbous head. It, uh, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, just to have a bulbous head. Now, David, we need, to, we need to hang up the phone on, on a bit that we had going before your arrival. Uh, we are uh, betting. If you want to join in on this, you can. We're betting a dollar. How many Emmys has Lorne Michaels won in his career? Now, again, you can, it's a dollar to play. I don't know if I have the dollar. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, if if you, if we'll take your word for it. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we think you're good for it. 38. 38. All right. Well, so we got, what do we got? We got 16. Oh, yeah. Oh, hold on. We didn't. Garen was out of the room. Uh, I realized that he also, when you were out of the room, I realized he also produced Conan, Late Night, Fallon, 30 Rock. So I'm bumped. Uh, with Jimmy's permission, I bumped up to 17. <laughs> He's at 17. I was wondering if you guys would realize he did 30 Rock. All right. So yeah. Matt is saying 17. I'm saying 28. Uh, David says 38. And Elliot's saying 49. 49, yeah. But uh, I, th- I see here, I, here's the secret. Yeah. I think he's won less for SNL than we think he did. I think That's SNL. That's possibly true. I think SNL, while long running. But that is not our bet. Our bet is. I know, I know. I'm, I'm just won. saying. That's why I'm still, even though I, I'm going to lose this bet, I. I still 50 years of SNL, basically, right? Still feel like maybe it's lower than we but think we'll find because that, of that. Uh, hopefully, uh, our researcher, Garen Crackwell, will give us a total. And then also, and then of those, of those 28, yeah. uh, here is how many <laughs> SNL ones there were. That's what I'm hoping is about okay, to happen. Yeah. I can get you that information, yes. All right, Garen, will you please reveal to us how many, uh, and again, uh, nobody had it exactly right. Uh, but unless, maybe, unless David did. Unless David did. Did David get it exactly right? No. All right. Please reveal, sir. Such judgment in that no. Yeah. Uh, he is the most nominated person in Emmy's history. All so right. Nominations. We, yes. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. With 95. He's been nominated 95 wow. times. All right. I'm high. Wow. And he has won? He has won 18. Oh! <laughs> yeah. 18. Listen. I would I actually I actually thought he would have been nominated more than 95. Because of all those shit. 18's a bullseye. Oh no, he's. I'm not saying. I'm not taking well, anything away from. 18 is the him. answer. <laughs> I know for you. I mean, you, you're. I mean, you're 17 is a bullseye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I, was. That's. That's crazy. Crazy. That's great. All right. So of those 18, I'm gonna say. If it's only 18, I'm gonna say it's only like four or five for SNL. I'm gonna say nine. Are I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm, gonna I'm gonna go right I, down the middle. I was thinking nine, so I'll nine go for SNL. Seven. David, you're in real show business. He beat me. One of them. My first one 20 years ago. He beat me. Uh, so I know he won one. <laughs> what for SNL? What, what did he win for SNL? Uh, in, in, SNL beat the tribute to heroes. Oh, for outstanding writing for a variety special, and I couldn't believe we were in the same category. Right. Was, you know, literally like you know the end of the apocalypse and shits and giggles. Yeah, right? yeah and and he's Canadian. Uh, How dare this guy come to our country <laughs> and beat the tribute to heroes? We don't need another hero. That's what I sing whenever I hear the word hero. Mm-hmm. I also hear, uh, we're holding up for a hero in the end of the night. What about Bowie? Gotta be wrong, and we gotta be wrong, and it gotta be lighter than life. <laughs> so Bowie gets the slot behind Bonnie Tyler? Bowie gets the slot behind Bonnie Tyler in your mind? Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, those are the two, because it's uh, you know, uh, Jim Steinman. Mm-hmm. Turner. Right? Why do we all go quiet when I said Jim Steinman? As if I'm the because dumbest I, man alive. 
<laughs> we're in mourning. <laughs> no, because I was trying to. Suddenly, I couldn't think of who sang the first one you sang, but it was a Tina it's Turner. It's Tina Turner, yeah. But who wrote it? Because I feel like that was maybe a cover. I think it's those two dudes that were uh, had a bunch of hits in the eighties. And uh, no, it's not. Uh, you talking about we don't uh, we don't need another hero? Yeah. It might have been them, it, either them or the female writer who wrote a lot of Tina's hits. Um, Holly Knight. No, she Knight no she didn't Knight? write a lot of Tina. Or is it Tina Britton and Graham Lyle? I don't, you would know more than I do. Okay. Know, I would have. I haven't slept in September, so I, I otherwise I might know. You uh, <laughs> you haven't slept the entire month of September. I don't think I've slept. I know I haven't slept ten hours in September. Is that true? Yes. Jesus. Then why wouldn't you say, Jimmy, let's do this in October when I'm rested? Oh no, I think this is my best shot. <laughs> <laughs> well rested. We're gonna get slap happy, David. That that sounds good. I don't mind getting slap happy. Uh, slap happy wild. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I, who am I thinking of? Uh, Bill, Bob Kelly, or what are, who are those two dudes I'm thinking of? That Kelly Steinberg. Kelly and Steinberg. Steinberg. I'm, Steinberg, I'm thinking think of it. It's not them. I think Tina Turner had more hits written by. Yeah, I think she had a lot of Holly Knight, and she had uh, Britton and Lyle, and Graham Lyle. I think. Uh, all right, uh, oh, Garen, who, who wrote nodding. "We Don't Need Another Hero"? Terry Britton and Graham Lyle. All right, there we go. Da- well, listen, you don't don't question David Wilde when it I comes won't. to liner notes. Yeah, never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm now. Linked in history with you in liner notes. Yes, uh, it's the uh, and we'll talk about it. Uh, yeah. Of course, we wrote the liner notes for the uh, the Carnegie Hall, the complete, which um, we're right on the we're right on the sticker. We're on the uh, sticker on the front. That's crazy business. <laughs> you imagine the added sales that brought. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that it might have uh, some never not funny fans may have bought it because of that. Yeah. So I'm going to say a few. The, the biggest difference is. You've probably heard it. I don't know that I've gotten through all. You haven't listened to all of it. I haven't slept. I haven't done anything. Well, because you're busy listening to that yeah, uh, sixteen th- disc set. I assume that was why. It's sixteen <laughs> discs. That's insane. It's eight full shows of them at Carnegie Hall. That's, it's it's a lot of listening, but that's cool. Like if I was a huge Chicago fan, I would be all over that. Oh, it's great. A week ago, or September 11th, I was on looking over, you know, uh, the. Twin light, the lights, sitting with standing with Jake Tapper filming a 9/11 special, but I was had my headphones on listening because you had told me I think you had talked about some tracks that were good on the Carnegie and I was listening to is it some days someday and I was thinking like if Jake Tapper came over and said uh, David do you have a copy of the script I was like no no hold on <laughs> listening to right? Chicago please don't interrupt that song is Jake great that, that's actually one of my that's my favorite thing so far it is uh, and it's not on the original Carnegie Hall either because they uh, they they screwed it up and so they had to do some uh, finessing to make it work uh, that's in my top five favorite Chicago songs of all time and has. Are there members of Chicago who haven't come in yet now to talk about this, Rob? Um, all of them. We've only had Jimmy Panko. Oh, but you should have all of them. They've all, they've but all they're all welcome, David. Okay. They're all welcome. One of us supposed to come in today, but I said we only have room for one, and that's going to be Mr. David Wilde. <laughs> that's the truth. I put the whole band in here. I pushed one out. Yeah. I said, not that. I got, I got, I got Wilde coming. I got, I got Sleepy Dave <laughs> coming in. I can't, you can't have the, uh, the trumpet player for this band come in. Uh, Gary, how many did he win for SNL? And then we'll take a break. He won for SNL, uh, I just, 13. 13. Oh, wow. oh my God. So, so, so 30, 30 Rock, Rock didn't win a lot. No, and, and I guess Conan and Fallon didn't do shit for him. I don't think they were, I don't know, I didn't see any of those. It kind of makes sense because I feel like, like Barbie. we were saying, there was always those years when like, 
if John Stewart wasn't winning, it was Letterman. There was there was just like there was always the favorites. Also, in that there was category. times where Saturday Night Live sucked. Sure. I mean, you could say that at any given year. Any given year, There's good yeah, yeah, things uh, and bad things. Absolutely. Shadows and light, baby. <laughs> Shadows and light, baby. The great Burt Reynolds quote from Boogie Nights. All right, listen, let's take a break. Oh, what are you doing? You can't take a break. I just found another line. So oh, shit. Can... <laughs> All right, David, thanks for coming in. We got, got to 15 minutes. We're all, <laughs> uh, all right, we're all going to quarantine because somebody was a little uh, quick on the trigger. Uh, all right, listen, let's take a break. We'll come back. We got Oliver's trivia question, of course. David Wilde is here. We'll talk music. Uh, talk about him being at the Emmys last night. That sounds fun, mm-hmm. right? He was in that tent. Uh, that uh, that might as well have just been a hall. Like, what was the point of that being a tent? What's uh, the gentleman? Uh, Seth Rogen made a big, uh, big production out of. Uh, I think the only thing that they that was different than just being indoors was that you could hear a helicopter every once in a while. That's it, right? Uh, but we have an inside man who gives us all yeah. the information. Uh, we'll talk about all that and more when we come back. Right after this. I'm going to tell you guys something, dear listener. When I started podcasting, you guys remember back in the days when tumbleweeds were across the podcasting desert. Uh, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Now I'm selling. What do we, we got? What we got? A hat, shirts, we got a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's easy. All because we use Shopify. Yeah, we're setting up Shopify for the uh, the perks in this uh, this new year for our, our platinum subscribers. And uh, boy, I really enjoy their website. Super easy to set a, set up an account and uh, get going with them. So kudos to them for making it easy. Well, if Matt Belknap could do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. That's what he just basically told us. And That's I, uh, I uh, just uh, recapped it. I've spoken before. <laughs> yeah. I've spoken before about Shopify. Now, Shopify uh, is uh, it's just terrific. You could be selling scented soaps, which we may, we're talking about getting into the scented soap business. I would love a soap bar with the Never Enough Any logo on it, Dude, honestly. Dude, why isn't that a thing? <laughs> um, or maybe you're offering outdoor outfits. Dude, why is that a thing? <laughs> well, if it's if it's warm out, the T-shirt could be an outdoor outfit. You know what? You're right about that. Uh, but maybe we get into the jacket business. We have had hats too. I We've had say. hats. That's true. Uh, look, you don't have to just sell your stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from the brands you love, giving customers more variety and business more sales. Uh, now, listen. Shopify is easy peasy, as Matt Belknap said. Uh, let me walk you through what I want you to do. You can sign up right now for a one dollar per month trial period. At Shopify.com slash Pardo. That's all lowercase. Shopify.com slash Pardo. Uh, you do that right now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. S-H-O-P-I-F-Y.com slash P-A-R-D-O. Shopify.com slash Pardo. Shopify. Cha-ching. Listen, I've been a broken record on Factor Meals. As I mentioned on the last episode, even my doctor knows that I eat the Factor Meals. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you're, you're actually not only reading the ads that go in the show, but you're advertising in doctor's offices for Factor now. That's exactly right. I'm the Muzak of Factor. <laughs> I'm going from... I uh, appreciate it. I'm uh, more than happy to do it. Now, these things are ready in just two minutes. They've got over 35 different options to choose from every week. they got the Calorie Smart Protein Plus... Uh, various different meals. I uh, just this way this morning. I had to pick my meals for next week. You pick you pick a week in advance. Yep. And uh, you know what? I decided to give myself a little treat. I got the filet mignon. Yum. Which is uh, it's a little extra to get that. Right. And I'm allowing myself that maybe every six weeks or something. Get you know what? It's Why nice. not? Yeah. Treat yourself. You you've earned it, Jimmy. I have earned it. I'll tell you something. It is delicious. Yeah. I got to try that. Oh, I haven't had that one. They do a great job. I, uh, the other day I had the uh, what is it the uh, Spanish lime chicken or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. That was a spicy lime chicken, whatever that whatever that one is, yeah. was delicious. I love the shredded taco, chicken taco thing that mm-hmm. they do. Uh, again, I have not, I've not had a bad factor. 
Yeah, and I've said this before, like a lot of these things, because I get a lot of the like, uh, you know, low carb ones. And I find that it's great with uh, if you want to get like a, a low carb tortilla and you, you can put it in there and make it into a, a wrap or a tortilla type situation or some uh, sweet potato chips. And you kind of use like the queso, the chili queso, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's just I, I like doing my own thing with it. You can sort of uh, use their what they give you as a base and then uh, do what you want. with The it. factor is there for a base. You heard it from Matt Belknap. Now, head to factormeals.com slash Pardo50. Use code Pardo50. You're going to get 50% off. That's 50% off. Uh, really wish I would have said zero there. Uh, that is code Pardo50 at factormeals.com slash Pardo50 to get 50% off. That's 50% off. F-A-C-T-O-R-M-E-A-L-S dot com slash P-A-R-D-O 50 and use code Pardo50 to get 50% off. Factor! That's a good meal. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the program, episode 2906 of the award-winning podcast, Never Not Funny. David Well just broke his ear taking a mask <laughs> off of his face. Designer mask. It, it, it's a very fancy mask. Well, did you wear that to the Emmys last night? I, I did. This, this is, I, I had to buy five. Buck Mason, which is apparently a hip store that my son, the hipster, not the other, not the son you know, the hipster son <laughs> told me, or told my wife, this is the coolest mask. Why is that the coolest mask? Walk me through why. It's got some sort of a hook on it. You're asking me what's, what is fashion? <laughs> I don't know, I can't, clearly. Uh, uh, but I just figured I should wear, here's the thing. I didn't know if I was going to the Emmys. I didn't know when I was going to the Emmys. The, the, the process, before you lose can be so humiliating <laughs> this is my 20th anniversary of losing uh how, how many of you won i have won one this year i won a daytime emmy the the mocked by jason alexander i believe last night daytime yes. emmy for the spirit awards this year i have been losing for 20 years i was luchi like until <laughs> uh and i've lost with my beautiful beloved wife every time so this last night i got to lose on my own well, so look, i'm gonna interrupt you to say this so i see you at your table you're there and i'm, I'm like oh that's great I, I, but and i keep looking for fran i keep looking for to see oh, where she is me, and, i always am looking for fran and you were there on your you could not bring fran i barely could bring me uh <laughs> this the way it worked this year was truly insane like you're so honored and you're also humiliated because a the way it works when you're nominated for a show is they announce the show is nominated but they do not announce that who is nominated for the show now so and you have to be i think they put me down but also the show can change who is nominated oh my god they often i've been a part of this where like they'll add the host they'll add you know they'll take away someone say they didn't really so you don't know for six weeks Damn. you're like you can, you know me i couldn't even tweet i'm nominated because yeah. you don't know you have to say i'm so excited for the whole team and you were nominated just so we know that you mentioned it, the great the last year's grammys presentation this year's, this oh year's. this year's 20 the 2021 grammys which uh Here's another thing. Last night I realized I, when I when I got home I was like, if Trump had only won, we would have won, because we lost to Stephen Colbert's election special, <laughs> yes. which I which by the way, fuck them. We 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 was robbed. But if Trump had won, there's no way they would have given it to the election night live special, right. and we would have won because we deserved it. But in any case, I'm sorry. So the thing is they. At first, they announced the show is nominated. Six weeks later, it shows up in some like website that who's nominated, and you go, "Oh yeah, I'm nominated." But the day that that happened, I got a uh, invitation, like a beautiful printed invitation to Fr Fran and I. You know, you and your plus one RSVP. Call this number. I called it first one. Of course, RSVP, always. The next day, they announced we're moving the show outdoors. That's when I thought. 
it's outdoors uh, and now you don't know if you can go and your award will be the week before the shmemmies i believe kathy griffin she calls them those i think she calls them the shmemmies <laughs> so uh as far as i knew i was maybe going to the shmemmies okay uh as everything else is going on but in the end it becomes like okay your own the grammys of which there are uh, i'm a producer and i think there were eight producers or whatever and the host that they were they said we're gonna get two tickets so i figured i'm not going two for your whole the whole team for the whole thing then then they say oh no four four tickets for the whole eight and i think okay and but there's letters going around and i'm because i i I, i'm i'm saying to fran uh I should just write and say, you don't need to have me. It's like, let the executive producers go. I'm a just a producer. And, and she goes, don't do that. <laughs> you, know, so, you know, it's like, you know, how you have your wife who advocates for you more than you ever would. So I never say, I never say never. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so it ends up being that Ben Winston, who's our executive producer uh, and who does a Corden show and did the Friends reunion, uh, he just would not stop advocating for the whole team like we had a real team spirit on this year's grammys because it was doing shows now it is it's like you don't realize how easy you've had it in show because it's the wild fucking west and there's no rules you you have no idea when the show will actually happen if the show will happen if people will die in the process of making it happen (laughs) it's just nuts and so but he fought for everyone to go and i found out like yeah, like a week ago when I was in New York, uh, I'm going, but I did have to make a calculation of like, I'm not a man who owns a lot of tuxedos. Okay. How many do you own total? None. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The number would be said, as we say in England. I'm British because I want to win an Emmy someday. So I'm going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chip, it up. Chip, chipery. Um, no. <laughs> well, that's not going to help you. Maybe don't, don't do that then. <laughs> Maybe don't do that. <laughs> In any case, uh, I, I made a calculation. I've just been to a wedding and bought a new suit for that. I am not going to come home and try to rent a tuxedo for $150. I'm going to wear my fucking suit. You got the suit. And I'm going to buy a black tie. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm an idiot, so I go back to Men's Warehouse where I bought my suit and said, can I have a black tie? And they went, do you bow tie or regular tie? And I bought both. So that, you know. Uh, no, why does that make you an idiot? Just well, like I, I didn't know. Well, my, I, I love self-deprecating humor, but I, I, to me, <laughs> oh, well, my that makes said, perfect sense. Don't be an idiot. You can't wear a bow tie with your suit. So she. That oh, she, that's why you're an idiot. Yes, because uh, she told me. But that. you could have. I, yeah. I think you would look very nice. Get yourself a cummerbund and a and a. Nobody not shirt. a cummerbund. He's not a fucking waiter. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I have to say that was the big victory. There were a lot of vi- oh, the, I've I've left out the greatest thing that happened last night. And the last two times I've lost, I've won in some way I could not have imagined. 2019 I lost, uh, and when I came home to check if the loss was reflected on IMDB, because I'm that self-obsessed, I it, it, it popped up like this many nominations and another this win, and and I'm clicking on like what, what one of the wins, and it goes Peabody, and I'm like, Peabody? It's like, I didn't know I'd won a Peabody. And it's because the, what, uh, the Tribute to Heroes won a Peabody, and they eventually recognized the people who were key to it. I was a head writer for it, and I had never 
known that. I they, knew they the didn't show. send you a certificate or anything. They had ne- no. The way these things work. Okay, this is this is. I'm blowing the lid off of this. Like uh, this year, I well. My, so my wife wrote the. I would never get it together to write or send a check or know what to do. My wife actually inquired and she goes yes and your certificate uh we, it took them a while to dig mm-hmm. it up it was 19 years later that i <laughs> they real uh, and so she got the certificate sent to me which nice. is super super nice certificate for what award the peabody, peabody the peabody which is a good one well uh, you st- <laughs> you keep saying peabody uh, nobody Pe- says peabody <laughs> Pe- isn't it peabody it's peabody peabody you're saying Peabody I'm from New so, Jersey. So I don't know what fucking award you've won. I don't know if you won some cartoon award. That's the one that we could technically win. We can win a Peabody. Yeah, podcast. That's because we whiz on each other. <laughs> that's right. We're the Peabodies. Yeah. That's the that's one of the three or four words. I, I'm from New Jersey, and my wife says there's only three or four words where she goes. She is horribly <laughs> reminded where I'm from. All right, Peabody is certainly one. Okay, that's not. No, that was one. So three. now you have four. four. Okay, Peabody. One is sandwich. I think. What do you, oh, wait, yeah. say it. You put a G in there. I put a G. In There's there. no G in there. You're a professional writer. <laughs> I'm also from Tennessee, New Jersey. All right, so sandwich. I think I say sandwich. Uh, drawer. She says I say that wrong. A chest of drawers. That yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So, what do you say? I think I say draw. Like it just draw. Uh, draw. Draw. Yeah. And the draw. <laughs> Not as mad at that as I am no, at sandwich. No, sandwich is. And this Peabody thing is infuriating. Is that all four of them? Uh, I forget the other one. The other one's dirty, so maybe, I can't say it. You can up. say it. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't uh, remember. Look, I'm from one. Chicago, so I think I, Peabody's I, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say uh, the, the alcohol beverage uh, the Budweiser. Budweiser. Right. Beer. Well, Did I say it right? Yeah, you got it. Because usually oh. I go bear. Like, I do that Chicago. So I, I'm not mocking you. I just, I literally was insecure in my own head going, have I been saying the Peabody Award? First of all, I've never said it in my life. I've never had to. Yeah. But have I been saying it wrong? But you've heard people say Peabody. Yes, I've never heard anybody say Peabody I, until I, today. And I, he's the head writer. I wrote, I wrote for the Peabody's ones that got it wrong. So clearly I'm an idiot. Well, you write well, it down. You don't have to say so, it. So this year, yes. this has been a crazy year. So this year, I'm at. Uh, I was when I was back for that same wedding in New York, uh, Andrew, who you know, yes, uh, is a Red Sox fan. Somehow, I'm the biggest Dodgers fan. I, my wife said I could not wear my formal black. Do- I, I brought my Dodgers formal black hat. That's to your wear. classy Dodger hat. That's my classy, <laughs> All right. upscale. She goes, yeah. You fucking are not wearing that at the Emmy. So, so no I, bow tie, no classy hat. Right, no classy hat. What'd you end up wearing? A bolo tie? What'd you settle on? <laughs> a formal black tie. But you look nice. A, I saw you there. You look no, When I got home, the wind was. My wife said, "You look nice," and I was like, "All right, I stay married. That's the. It's an honor just to not be divorced yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an honor just to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. It's an honor." So. So, so this earlier this year, while while I'm in New York, my son goes. The Red Sox are playing the Yankees. Can we go to Yankee Stadium? So one of my first, you know, I I, I love my son, so I went to that, and then I realized, oh, that's the night that they're virtually revealing the daytime Emmys this year, and I'm like, and so I'm not being a big Yankees fan. I love Yankee Stadium. It was the new Yankee Stadium is fantastic. Uh, I love baseball, obviously, but I'm a little bored by the seventh, eighth inning. And I look at my phone, and I have I'm a hundred percent sure that we, the Spirit Awards writers, are going to lose to the Alex Trebek tribute show. Okay. <laughs> it's like okay, death is not your our friend, you know. So, uh, and no, this is before Alex Trebek and Jeopardy got toxic. This was a few weeks ago before that mess. So. 
I'm sure I, I've gotten very good at knowing who's going to beat me. I've only been wrong once. Like uh, the first year I knew uh, the first year I was wrong because I did not think Saturday Night Live would beat the Tribute to Heroes for, you know, for for writing for that, you know, for a variety special. But every other year I've been right, except one year I was sure Billy Crystal would beat me, and I was happy to lose to an older Jew, but I lost to <laughs> Cyrus Silverman, a younger Jew. Okay. <laughs> uh, that was bad. Oh, so uh, I'm at the game, and I'm sure it's going to be them. And so it gets to my award, and I rightly see, oh, and in variety writing for a daytime <laughs> special, it is the winner is Jeopardy. And then, but there's more words and more images on my phone. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it goes, tie. Oh, my God. And I don't think I've ever seen a tie, a tie. at one of these, at like the Emmys, a yeah. tie. And we tied <laughs> with the uh, Jeopardy show. So I was sitting in Yankee Stadium, and, like threw up my peanuts. And it's like, <laughs> I finally, I'm now a Peabody or Peabody or whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> and Emmy winner. Even, you know, it's like, I'm a tie on a daytime Emmy, but I can at least, my obituary, I could probably, if I pay for the obituary, could get away with saying Peabody and Emmy winner and Muslim Muslim Public Policy Award winner. Okay. Those are my wins. I would lead with that. <laughs> 2001 Muslim Public oh, Policy Award. Oh, that's a hot year to get that. Yeah. <laughs> for, for a Jew to win the Muslim Public yes. Policy Award <laughs> yeah, with Cat Stevens, with the Yusuf Islam. Oh. Who you've met on several occasions. He's a good friend. Uh, and that's a whole other story. But so this, I didn't get to the, oh, and I'll stop talking and you can have the rest of the show and your <laughs> trivia, little fun, you know. And I'm trying hard to be good because my son said Blaine Kapatch was really good here the yeah. other day. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even want to listen to be intimidated by how good Blaine Kapatch was. So I'm I'm trying to save my stories from and sleep. <laughs> uh, but oh, so then last night I had an amazing experience. Like I go on the red carpet, I drive myself because like, again, it's like, it seems weird like, if I'm going with my wife, it's like, let's buy a dress, let's get the car service, let's do it up. But it's friggin' me in, a, in my suit in a tie I got for you know $23 at Men's Warehouse. So I drive myself, I pull into parking, I get there a little early, I walk on the red carpet, it's me, Rita Wilson, and Ken Jeong. Mm. Both of whom are friends and who I have worked with. You're talking about famous rapper Rita Wilson. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hip hop zone. Okay. Rita Wilson. All right, very good. Um, and so that was nice. You know, I knew two of the only other people on the red carpet at that moment. But then I, they're like being interviewed, and, and mm -hmm. I have no one to know. Nobody cares about me. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't even actually go. I, I, I said, actually, like when you pull up, they go, there's like this line of people, and I just go, can I just go into the venue? To the outside venue I thought I was going into. And they say, well, where's your publicist? And I said, like, I, I, I do not have a publicist, nor do I have fame. So <laughs> I, I said, is there another way? They go, yeah, just go around. So I went like sort of behind the photographers. <laughs> but then it sort of ends at a certain point and you have to go on the red carpet. So I'm going around the red carpet. I took goofy photo with Ken Jeong. Uh, I talked about, uh, talked with Rita Wilson who, the pandemic began with I was with her doing a charity show the night before she and Tom flew to Australia and when the world went fucking nuts. Right. I was doing a charity show uh, with her and then everything changed. So it was like kind of nice to actually know some people. And then I, and I'm like, I don't know who I'm sitting with. I was told that like CBS had just given me an extra seat basically. And I thought, 
I'm going to be in back. And I thought, if I win, does that mean I still could walk up? I it literally didn't know anything. For, yeah, yeah. After 100 emails and calls and texts about my testing, I didn't know anything about, I didn't know if there was food. They never mentioned that. Was there food? Oh, boy. You've got, there's a lot. You look up the Emmy box. There was a box at your table full of a couple nuts, uh, olives, which make me sick okay uh uh but there was no it was like a, a box so you got of, like a box that you would get uh, on an airplane oh like a box not that good not, not even that, that good. good it's like not a fire festival you got a piece yeah, of bread and lettuce exactly Very good. uh I, yeah i did pitch as like some producing team for the emmys like and the only thing i heard was the budget's not great this year and it's like i know where they saved the money yeah and it was definitely wow. on that uh, oh, but here's the so the, I walk in and I find my table's like great, like oh wow, and I'm and there's one guy sitting there with a date uh, or a plus one. Why is he allowed to bring a plus one? I you think and you're because, not. Well, he's nominated as a director, oh, yeah. and so he gets two tickets as for the team, but. There's no team when you're the director, so he brings his girlfriend or and who's lovely. But I look at him and there's a second, and I realize this is the most amazing moment in my life because. Um, I, and maybe someone here is technically enough, uh, smart enough to explain this, but I went to a prep school before I went to college. I went to, my parents' marriage exploded. It was the ugliest divorce in New Jersey history, literally the longest divorce. And I went from being an A student in freshman year to sophomore year, going to like becoming a C student. And the advisor called my dad up and said, your son is in Vietnam and he's about to become a casualty. Like basically get him airlift him the fuck out of your family situation and send him to a private wow. boarding school get him out and my life was saved by going to a place called Loomis Chafee which is a really great prep school in Windsor Connecticut changed my life you know introduced me to non-jewish girls it made it was it made all the all the important things uh writing it I was the uh it was everything but the so when I moved out here the first person I think who emailed me when email must have been just invented was a guy named Jamie Widows, who... Hang on, I know who that is. Yes. Hoover from Animal House. Exactly. Now, I Animal House, big movie in my life. Yes. One of my favorite movies ever. I always loved, I thought he was great. But the weird thing was, when I moved here, like, I didn't know anyone except for a couple rock stars who later, you know, adopted me, basically. But literally, the first person who wrote me an email was, Hi, I'm Jamie. I went to Loomis many years before you, and uh, I'd like to welcome you to the Loomis Chafee community here in Los Angeles, and I know you're in entertainment. Let's get together. That was 30 years ago this year. Okay. And he, we have never gotten together. It never happened. It never happened. No, we've, we, I think there must have been a couple of emails. Whatever emails existed, one of them has been in my phone so that when I butt knocks my phone the first name that comes up is always i always start to call jamie widows and i would love to have known jamie widows all these years but just the way life you know there's that's sure. like a marriage and two kids ago and the way my life is i never i, I never know what I, I don't know when a show is going to come up things happen very last minute so who does fate sit me next to? I'm going to guess Jamie. Yes, exactly. You got it correct. <laughs> so I finally, and it turned out like we had the best time. You had a great time. Oh, my God. I, and I was sitting with Ben Winston from our show and uh, some someone from the Friends show and Josie from Ben's company. But it was the nicest table. And I got to know this guy who for 30 years uh, I've been butt dialing. Wonderful. <laughs> and uh, so Hoover is now 
my friend. So yeah, every, uh, so every time I seem to lose, I win something. Awesome. And we win here today with David Wilde. Not really. No. <laughs> not playing Capatch level. Not really. Oh, no, it's not going to be. But nobody can be Capatch level. That's not going to be on you. This is Your son got in your head unfairly. <laughs> yeah, that really did. Uncool. Uh, and oh. this is, by your own words, not the hip son. <laughs> no. You have a hipster son, and then you got this. Uh, successful. <laughs> wait, Andrew's successful? Oh, he's doing great. He's making. I'll tell you what he's not doing great at. <laughs> Fantasy league. Fantasy baseball. Oh, he what does he suck? <laughs> he really does. And what's weird is he was a sports editor of his paper. He's a statistical genius which is what he does for a living and yet not good at this. he can't figure this game out and by the way i'm barely better than him no so. no i he i believe me I, I always ask how are you doing mm-hmm. and how is jimmy doing and weirdly i'm kind of an idiot and i can't add but he goes you're kind of a baseball savant so i probably would do very well uh like i i, I sit and watch i've watched every dodgers game uh for like the last few years, I mean, I've been watching forever. But the last few, especially during the pandemic, last season, yes, that was wonderful. Uh, I had someone paid, some benefactor paid for my uh, picture to be in the front row with oh, Brad Paisley. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was not Brad. Someone paid, for, like, put us in the front row. But I literally, I spent that whole year, Brad texting me every inning, like, and I, I weirdly, I have an instinct for only baseball and. Uh, and maybe that's it. You got to get in the Never Not Funny League. I want to see. Let's put this to, uh, to I don't the wanna, test. I don't want to put it to the test. <laughs> he uh, listen. Look, his his son came in guns a blazing. Yeah, thinking he was going to be a hot shot, mm-hmm. and not, and not. Let's see if this hipster son can do it any better. Let's yeah, put them he's, he's too to busy with ties. <laughs> <laughs> um, David, so uh, wait, I had another question about, uh, to make it weird for a second. So my former boss, uh, who I think is the funniest human being in the world, Conan O'Brien. Uh, who he, came up to our table. Yeah. Well. So he heckles. Yes. Uh, at one point. What was the vibe in the room when he heckles that, that gentleman coming out? Uh, was it was it joy? Was it funny? Or people are like, oh, what the fuck is he doing? Total joy. Great. Oh, okay. Oh, no. I have to say, the funny thing is, I think because we knew we were not just like risking losing an award, but also our lives. Like there was a weird ass vibe, which Seth Rogen right off the bat kind of spoke to like my anxiety because literally I'm sitting there with my wife going, why are we inside? Why right. are these sides of the like at least like put the sides let right. air come That's the through. point of a 10 is open it up. I and so I was freaked out. And Conan, I, I, I did. I wrote on an Emmy's uh, was it the Fallon year, which was a you know, a good year. But at one point in the open, we had everybody in comedy like on stage at once. It was like, all, it was Colbert, it was Kimmel, all of them. And I do remember very clearly that side by side, in terms of when he is on, Conan stole the whole fucking bit. Mm-hmm. Like there is nobody when he wants to be funnier who's funnier than Conan. 100% O'Brien. agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, uh, he was like a, uh, I was behind, I was sort of Cuoco, Rosie Perez adjacent. Mm. Then Gene Smart was here. And then they were like, he was like two tables over. And he came over to talk to Jamie, uh, not to me. Uh, but uh, he did say, I, I got a wave. Um, but when he stood up, like we, it, it was one of the high points of the night. Right. It was, it was I thought it was brilliant. Because it was also super weird the way the space was. Like that. Uh, the head of the academy, and that's always a highlight, uh, as we know, of every show. <laughs> but he was like way in a back corner, like they were trying to hide the moment. Right. And Conan just stood up like miles away and owned it, totally owned it. Right. I will say, I hate Conan because he also got up with Colbert, which was when they beat 
They did beat us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, they we was robbed. Uh, you don't hate Conan O'Brien. I, no, no. I love Conan O'Brien. You dislike him. <laughs> um, you know what's funny? I, maybe I've mentioned this before, but like just speaking to that Conan's like sort of impact on culture. My daughter is 13 years old. And once again, I, I've mentioned this before. I constantly see Jay Leno in my neighborhood. He's he's always around. It's a little bit annoying. And so we saw him on sun, Saturday and Zoe and I were driving somewhere and we saw him. And so we were talking about it and she was like, yeah, nobody knows. Like, she's like, nobody my age knows, even knows who that is. So I can't tell my friends like, oh, we saw Jay Leno. They don't know who that is. But everybody like we're talking 12, 13 year old kids. They all they know, know Conan. Conan. They, they're like, who's funny? Like who, what late night host is funny? They're like, Conan's funny. Like that's who they point to. And they don't I don't even know if they've watched it. They're just like, that's the funny one. They right. don't care about Fallon. They don't care about Kimmel. And I like I think Kimmel's good. But like, it's just so interesting to me that even that generation. How would they even know him? That's bizarre. I think it's just like. Maybe their parents are, the, are like basically raised oh, their parents or, little, or the little viral bits that maybe have the viral been, uh-huh. the, the, the game the, little, the, the gamer stuff maybe mm-hmm. yeah I, it's so funny because uh, me. like I think my kids think he's funny uh, my wife who I texted her because again we, she hasn't slept either just because we're both just like at our wits end and I told her, oh I'm going to do never not funny and she goes. Oh, no, if I'd remembered, I would have begged to go. But I will tell you, I will embarrass her this much that before we met, I think the last person she dated before me was a Conan writer. And I won't say who. <laughs> but she was the whole t- like she went on a couple dates. And but the guy kept going. Oh, I'm sorry. A Simpsons writer. This was Simpsons. Era. OK, so okay. He, they, the, guy, the guy kept on going. Oh, my God, you got to meet Conan. He's our writer on our show. And he's the funniest guy. Everyone thinks he's the funniest guy. You know, he, this is before he was famous. Right. Yeah, he yeah. had that reputation, right. I guess, at The Simpsons. And my wife was like, you know, and, and I think it was a Christmas party at The Simpsons. He invited to her in a losing effort to woo her. And so at that party, Conan came up to her and like did that like Robin Williams thing where he just like tried uh, yes. to dazzle. And she was like. It fell flat. She was like Mick Jagger in that sketch with Mulaney. Not, not funny. Really? Like, <laughs> she was just utterly unimpressed. And that's what she She says that to me all the time. Like, that's awesome. She goes, every time, I don't tell jokes in my house out of her. I don't, I'm, I'm not funny. But she goes, not funny. And that was, she told, Conan not, didn't, she didn't get it. Didn't get it. Yeah. She never came around either. I, I think, no, I think she has come around very much. But I could see that. But, you know, who was it? That, oh, my God. It was a sitcom actor who came into the improv one night and same deal. He tried to be funny, like be on right. and it just laid flat. And we we're like, wow, that guy's trying too hard. So it could it could have been that. Mm-hmm. But I, I stand by. I think Conan O'Brien's the funniest. He walks in right now. Uh, we all sit back and watch him do a little skit. Oh, the whole the last night it wasn't just that. I don't because I, I don't I haven't watched the show. I I know that like they must have cut to him right when they were the guy was not was very well. On. They didn't really they cut did, to him that, that well. That was the problem. They didn't cover it. They 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 showed it because they had to, and then they went away quickly. And so they didn't let the home well, audience. When they showed my bulbous head, that was they didn't want to lose. <laughs> they were focus. too busy. <laughs> Where's Wild? Keep cameras on Wild. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was not it and, and it wasn't mic'd properly. So like you could only just get a vague sense that there was a there was a ruckus and you had to you really just had to watch the president of the academy. You had to watch his face to understand well, that it yes. was still happening or not. You know, like is he because he was kind of like mm, like you could see his eyes going like that. I don't know because they may not have captured, but what it felt like in the room. I, and again, I was like 
closer to Conan than this guy. He was yeah. really far away. It felt like Robert De Niro in uh, Cape Fear. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the movie theater. <laughs> it felt like slightly funny comedy menacing. Like he yeah, was just yeah, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, Excitement. I'm curious. I apologize for that. Uh, okay. Uh, Oh, okay. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> Is that Conan just... Are you, talk, are you talking about me? Yeah, talking, what's going on? What's going on, guys? What's are you getting on? my test results? Uh, yeah. yeah we, uh, it's so funny how everybody hangs on to them and brings it over with them as yeah. if we're going to recheck at some point. You uh, know, in retrospect, the guy who was just at the Emmys 12 hours ago didn't need to be tested today. He was tested. Here's why. Here's the only reason that I did it, to your point. Yeah. He was tested on Friday, I want to say. Yes. Uh, for a Sunday in a tent full of human beings. Okay, that's fair. And it's like, you know what? There's a lot of mingling, right. a lot of handshaking. Yeah, okay, let's, okay. let's test that's to be safe. A lot of mingling. I appreciate I that. married Kaylee Cuoco during some <laughs> yes. commercial breaks. You know, uh, you, know you didn't. Though, We've right? separated. We separated. <laughs> oh, already, yeah. But we respect each other and we hope to. She mm-hmm. said, if he mentions Brad Paisley one more time, <laughs> I'm out of this fucking relationship. <laughs> One more Paisley reference. How does your wife handle the Paisley references around the house? She can't be happy with those. You know, my wife, the pandemic, we haven't had this much togetherness in our whole lives because, you know, work tends to take me away from home for a few months at a time. Yes. Including in Nashville. I'm, you know, but this during the pandemic, she realized like, you, there are people who like talking to you. Like, she's completely, <laughs> she's surprised. Surprised. She's wow. completely surprised that, like, she goes, like, why do these people call you? Uh, you know, it's just, like, you know. But she's just tired of hearing the George Harrison stories. Oh, you, I get it. I'm on her side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I think she's right. Okay, very and good. they're wrong. I, yeah. I'm with uh, her. Wonderful. Uh, you know, I always, people always say, with David, you know, David Wiley tells all these stories about, and it's like, he tells us, you know, he, he tells a story about George Harrison. The story is actually about the guy you think you'd have a story about. Does yeah. that any of that just make sense? What mm-hmm. I just said. Yeah, I'm on pain. He's he's, he's uh, name dropping, but there's a reason. But there's a re- right. Thank you. Yeah. The best um, speech I ever gave, which is a very short list, but I my prep school that Loomis Jaffe, where Jamie and I, my new pal Jamie, sure. went, and where he was like saying, getting me to want me to come back and speak and donate and all the good things that I've been avoiding doing. I did go back for my um, reunion like five years ago, a big, some big reunion. And I had agreed to go because I was supposed to be writing an Al Gore environmental benefit in New York. So I said, okay, I'll get on a train to Connecticut. That'll be nice. And I'll see how aged my ex-girlfriend looks and it'll be nice, something. But then Al Gore fucked up. Not the only time and the event sort of went away and i had to then do i ask my prep school to pay for me so no i flew myself you know i went coach that had infuriated pissed off took a train no and then i actually had a drive from new york i think uh and it was ended up being the most fantastic uh uh emotional thing oh but i hadn't written a speech like and i didn't really since i'm not getting paid i didn't want to bother so i i had the best idea which i should do more often but i i literally just said i'm going to do a name drop menu and i wrote a list of like a hundred rock stars and actors and said okay handed it out to the crowd and it's like (laughs) you just pick Ask who do you want to hear? Who do you want and to hear? And you my tell an anecdote about. And I would tell my best story about <laughs> That's awesome. Keith Richards or Dylan. That's wonderful. And it was it. the best speech I ever gave. And if I ever, if anyone ever wanted to hear me, which is unlikely, that's what I'll do. It's like it literally is the. It's the. And again, like I, I, I sometimes feel like people think I'm doing it to elevate myself, which I'm sure I am. But it really is. I can't believe my fucking weird luck because I. 
I I am yeah I can't believe I've gotten to have this weird interaction with so many of them like and like even this morning I uh, I have come. a project with a beetle I won't mention. It could be anyone. There's, there's two. I'm, I'm going to narrow it down to two. I get a 50-50 shot. Maybe he's going to have a seance. I don't know, but if you look at his screensaver on his phone, uh, it, it could be that guy or it could be the other guy. I didn't see the screensaver. I but thought that was his It was kids. a project with a beetle and the Zoom. I had a Zoom at nine, which was, remember I told you. Yeah. You had a, a Zoom with a beetle this morning? Uh, a, pro, a, a project with a beetle. And that doesn't. I can't say the beetle. Can't. The beetle himself was not in the Zoom. I, that's what, that's I actually don't know if the beetle would have been on the Zoom. Okay, but I was so happy that it, I can't. Like the person said, "Can we do it tomorrow?" And I'm like, <sighs> "I'm not awake." And I'm like, "This is a. St- I'm, I've had this weird life where I'm like happy when a beetle when a beetle cancels on you cancels for a day yes. postpones because I can think about it because you have a love of mu- you love music so it's just not really okay <laughs> I really, I really, no I really really do and so it's wonderful that you get to walk in the in this world of these people that you do truly admire and you love it's not like it's just a gig to you oh no and uh, you know it's it, one of the guys who they had in the immemorium. If you saw the immemorial last night, uh, I had like a couple friends. Uh, one in particular was a one of the biggest producers who ever really changed my life was a guy Walter Miller, who's a legendary TV director. He literally, uh, but he was the Grammy director when I got there. And the first year, <laughs> you're gonna like this. The first year, he sees me on stage, and I'm talking to Dolly Parton and. Brad Paisley, <laughs> uh, who I, that's where I met him. I met him on stage at the Grammys when he was doing like a, he was a new guy backing Bond, Dolly Parton on a little like minute and a half performance at the Grammys. And he goes, you, uh, Walter, greatest guy of all time said, you like country music? I go, yeah, my dad, which we discussed this in our liner notes for Chicago, but my dad, middle-aged, maybe around the time he was about to divorce my mom, got into bluegrass. I don't know if he wanted to pick up bluegrass chicks. I'm not sure what was going on. But he took me to see Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, Carnegie Hall. That's my first concert. So, uh, uh, but in any case, I've always loved country coming out of that. That was because that was my first show and it exposed me to right. bluegrass and the traditional stuff. But in any case, Walter Miller, yeah, uh, 20 years ago, he said, uh, kid, I'm going to bring you down to uh, Nashville. And I go, what for? He goes, I, he goes, I executive produce the CMA Awards, which I'll be going down to do in a few weeks. And uh, I go, don't you have a writer? He goes, yeah, I've had a guy for 35 years, but he's not good. And I went, no, that's a, that sounds like unusual job security. And, uh, uh, and, and literally, that's how I ended up like, the last. And you've been doing that for 20 years, the CMAs? The Grammys this year was my 20th year. Uh, and the CMAs, I guess this will be my... Uh, 19th wow. or 20th year. Yes. Yeah, so it's weird because, you know, it's like your life, when you met, when there are these annual things you do, I guess maybe it's like baseball or something like that. It just, it's super moving like when you realize like, like when I started going down to the CMA Awards, I, it was always, I'd leave before Halloween, like three days before Halloween. And then on my own dime, I would have to fly back, trick or treat with my kids, get back on a plane to finish the show right because and and then at a certain point like it was almost sad at a certain point my kids were like uh dad it's we're, cool we're we can you know <laughs> we're gonna try to probably you know yeah but a lot of dads wouldn't have even flown back they would have set them off at work so that uh, speaks volumes 
Well, you realize that that stuff pays off. Like, you know. Uh, and you have great kids. Your kids are wonderful. Oh, no. Thank you. At no, least one, one of them is very happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not him either. Uh, it skips a generation. Um, yeah, no, well, thank you. And uh, yeah, it, it it's one of those weird things that like, like my wife has much better instincts than I do. And like, she was like, we're keeping our kids away from this showbiz shit, you know, initially. And then like, they, but they've been coming to the Grammys like, they grew up like from like 10 on always coming to the Grammys and that was always like an annual fun thing my wife has always gone except one year I think when there was a Rick Springfield private like house gig she skipped the Grammys for to go to that because she's got her priorities like, Absolutely. that's a man she loves unlike me but uh, this year this year was the first uh, year because of the pandemic there was nobody nobody was coming to the Grammys and it was super it was really nice because my wife and kids, like, I'm sitting there alone at the show, and I'm, but I'm getting texts like, this is the best show ever. Like, this is so great. In fact, the only person who I did get to bring uh, was Ringo Starr this year because we didn't have a last award of the night a presenter. And this just shows you how weird show business has gotten. So it's like... Uh, Sunday before the Grammys, a week before, and I go, I write like a middle of the night. You ever write like a Jerry Maguire email? Like one of these crazy, like, I like, because we don't have anyone good to present the last award, and I want, you know, I want there to, and by the way, we have almost no one over 40 on the show because there's no vaccines yet. Okay. This, was, this was right before that. And uh, so I write Ringo a note saying, I really would love if you would do this. I think the young artist, it's going to be either Beyonce or Billie Eilish. And it would mean a lot to them to have, you know, you uh, give them this award, not just another peer. So I wrote him this and I wrote him like, and we had been keeping top secret, like the fact that they did top secret that we weren't uh, outside last night. Uh, we kept top secret everything about the Grammys because for every reason, security and other reasons. But so I had to tell Ringo, here's what it is going to be. He goes, you can stay at home, take uh, get get driven over to the convention center, come up to the parking lot, hand out the Grammy. You'll see me. We'll wave from a nice distance and you'll be home by this hour. Uh, so when he got to the Grammys this year, I get the call. He goes, oh, David, they want me to come upstairs. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I thought I could just drive through. He thought it was like a drive through vaccination <laughs> in the parking lot that he could just hand the Emmy out from yeah, the car, which, by the way, maybe not a bad idea. Not a bad call. <laughs> would, have been, would have been smarter than what we did, even safer. But I had to go, no, well, Ringo, you have to come up. And it was actually fantastic because he, he came out and he's like, oh, I didn't get dressed up because I didn't really thought he was just handing it out the door. And he came out and I said, you look great. And But I would have said that even if he didn't. I was like, needed to get him on stage because yeah, Beyonce was waiting in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> you don't want to keep Beyonce waiting Absolutely in not. the middle of a pandemic. Uh, and Billie Eilish, but really Beyonce, let's be honest. <laughs> and so, uh, But I said, you look great. And Barbara Bach was with him and I said, doesn't he look great? And she goes, he does look great. And then he goes, walks on the stage. My wife immediately says, Ringo looks great. Like I get this thing, and then the trend. I look at Twitter. Ringo is eighty. Became the biggest yes. Grammy trend. It was like, what the fuck? He looks so. And it was fantastic because it was like by the t so like a minute later he's given he's given the award to you know Billie Eilish and he's walking back out and I go look you do look fantastic mm -hmm. and it's like all happening in real time and it was all crazy like every show I've done in the last years like this just. Nothing makes any sense. He um, has a uh, Benjamin Button thing going on where he's looking younger every year. <laughs> yeah. Like he's reversing. He 
he does look phenomenal. It's it's amazing. And you're, it sounds like you're taking credit for it. I do. I, yeah, I haven't done. Mind you, I'm only taking care of him, not myself. But uh, no, you yeah. now you walk. But don't you walk 17 hours a day? You walk a crazy amount of, uh, every day. Yes. I well, every day of the pandemic, I've done. Yeah, I've done. I've done 20 most days, but 10,000 every day of not one exception. Yom Kippur this year was a challenge. And that was just last week, right? That was last week. And it was the first day I really had to at like 1130 go, I'm going to take a walk outside because like I was so exhausted. And but then fasting when you're wiped out, I literally was like sitting on a bed watching like watching manifest which is the tradition of my people <laughs> it really in the traditional way of atoning i'm watching a mediocre nbc think about mediocre that uh, refuses to go away right oh i cannot wait for more manifest you love it you love manifest i'm not saying i loved it i just can't wait for more it's like but do a, you have time for la brea that's the question <laughs> what's la brea what is oh, it? you haven't seen those ads la brea is like a, a show where a giant uh, sinkhole opens up in los angeles and people fall into it and then they're in a sort of prehistoric time what yeah and it's i think it's something about the tar pits is, is my assumption oh yeah but i see the ads while i'm watching soccer or something and i'm just like this feels like I remember when remember when the show LAX came out. Yes, I, I think about it so much because I remember Andy Kindler on stage, just just doing endless, just ruthless. He was just going like LAX. Hey, is there a Starbucks in this terminal? LAX. <laughs> <laughs> just like mocking it. We don't say it was great. Did you see the ads last night for the new show, The FBI's? No. Uh, what a shitty name. <laughs> the FBI's. The FBI's. F- FBI, and then with a little S next to it. Huh. I, I I'm going to be careful here. Yes. Because. I don't know if that's related to FBI, the show, but my friend's brother, my brother-in-law, my brilliant brother-in-law, Craig Turk, co-created with Dick Wolf, FBI. So if this is a spinoff, oh, I, wonder if it's I a, support it. Hmm. Uh, if it's, it's a, is my, it on CBS and is it Dick Wolf? It's on CBS. Okay, I might think this is the greatest. Oh, it sounds great. You know what? I apologize. Oh, yeah, this thing sounds fantastic. Unlike ghosts. <laughs> there. There's people there. I just wanted. I could see them. And that guy knows Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton won last night. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the filmed play won something. Yeah, it won. I find it very strange. I don't know why it was nominated. I'm not, ha- I'm not, uh, I love Hamilton and I love uh, television, but I don't think uh, that should have won any award. I, yeah, I, I. What did it beat? Did it beat? It uh, beat the Friends reunion, which it should. No, I'm okay with that. <laughs> but you think the Friends reunion should have beat it? I was sitting with Ben Winston, who yeah, so directed and executive producer, so I feel very strongly. It yeah, yes. okay. It's, I wrote the Friends. I wrote two bestsellers based on Friends. That's my only. They. I wrote them to the top of the bestseller charts. Uh, Oprah Winfrey held up a book I wrote about Friends and said, "Buy this book." So, I am the biggest Friends fan. You love it. Yeah. All right. During the writer strike, I got the only big surprise check of my life you know how you hear like rock stars british rock stars get like oh yeah it was like a junkie and down on my luck and a check arrived that's the only check i ever you got, got one like from that, this thing from that friend's book and uh, you wore your hair as in the rachel for a little while did you not? <laughs> <laughs> as a tribute as a tribute why not he got he's got that to, money to say thank you to the friends. Uh, the, i have a theory about jennifer aniston i i, I please share it which was i think because I wrote the first Rolling Stone Friends cover story and then wrote all these books. What I will say is every, at the time when she was becoming Jennifer Aniston, her beauty, the unique thing that made her such a big phenomenon was every guy I ever knew 
ugly guys, handsome guys, every sort of guy, would I go, she, uh, you think I have a shot with her? Like, it's like she was just beautiful enough that she was incredibly beautiful, but also there was something initially, before she was Jennifer Aniston, yeah. the biggest star in the world, there was some accessibility where every guy in the world would go, you uh, mentioned her to me? You know, it's like, uh, uh, and yep. I, I'm, and that lasted about a week and a half, and then she became Jennifer Aniston. They became, that was the craziest phenomena. I I was around that. Uh, I I had, because my wife liked the show, I had tipped off Rolling Stone, like after the first few episodes, I said, I think this might be like a cover story kind of show, because there were only a few shows that like Seinfeld had become that. Uh, I wrote the Melrose Place cover story. But I said, I think Friends could be that. And then at the end of the season, it started taking off. Mm -hmm. And they said, go for it. And it was like, they had already filmed, I think, the last episode. So they sent me to Chicago, your town, with the cast of Friends to the Oprah, they were doing Oprah. And it was the craziest thing I ever saw because it was like where TV stars in a sitcom were becoming rock stars. In fact, Jerry Springer was the other show that was there, mm -hmm. right? And it was so, I remember being in a limo with the guys, the men of Friends, uh, and I was not being confused with, hold it, is that Tom Selleck? Because <laughs> he wasn't on the show yet. But I was on a limo. You think that's the only reason yeah. you weren't confused? <laughs> Otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. no mustache. Otherwise, sure. No mustache. <laughs> yeah. But I have a beard. You've met Fran. Um, but in any case... Uh, <laughs> it's <a> nice joke. <laughs> but um, in any case, we were in a limo going through Chicago, and three women in like short shorts stopped us, and they were women who worked at the Jerry Springer show trying to stop us before we got to Oprah for them to be interviewed to get them to go to the Jerry Springer show. Because <laughs> that's going to happen. Yeah, because that was going to happen. It, that did not happen. I do remember also, Have you? did you ever go to the Oprah show when you were in Chicago? I, I did not. I, on a non-taping day, I brought a group of kids in there on a tour. I just remember like, that place was like, of all the places I've been, it felt the most like the White House. Yes. It was very, like, the very security conscious. And I remember being in the basement or garage area, sort of, and one of the friends, I will not say who, males, like, lit a cigarette, which was not allowed. And it was like you were in Secret Service de descended upon us. And it was, like, as, as uptight a place as I've ever been in show business. I don't remember it being that way. They seemed very accommodating when we were there. They were at the Harpo Studios, although I wasn't smoking like Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. Could have been Matt Perry. I, I know it wasn't I Schwimmer. I don't see Schwimmer smoke. I would have guessed Perry. You guessed Perry. Yeah. Let's put $25 on it. <laughs> it was Marcel the monkey. Oh, it was the monkey. <laughs> I have $1. Uh, all right, listen, it's time for trivia. Yeah. Uh, Let's play trivia, trivia. I want to play trivia. Let's battle some trivia. Let me hear the question, please. All right, uh, there we go. Thank you to whoever submitted that song. Now let's get right to the... Um, trivia question. Let me find it here. All right, here's your topic. All right, what's happening? Uh, clothing, clothing. Oh, a good boy. one for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, you want to call your son? <laughs> want to get uh, your wife? Uh, clothing. Uh, clothing. Let me get my paper out. And uh, yeah, clothing. All, All right. right. Hmm. My answer is chemise. Uh, you like a nice chemise, right? <laughs> Very soft. <laughs> Uh, now, you're betting anywhere between 1 and 25 now, yeah. David. That's the premise. Uh, again, my 14-year-old son, Oliver, writes these. I write down an amount first. Yeah, in the in the, uh, in the the way-too-big box. Yes. You write uh, 1 to 25, and this is clothing. I know a lot about clothing, so maybe I'm going to bet high here. 
I can't read what I bet. And maybe I'm not. Maybe that's also an option. I may. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to give away your game. Yeah, I might be betting a lot. I might not be. But uh, listen, I wear clothes almost every day. Yeah. So I've got a little bit of an inside track on this. Oh, oh boy, Jimmy, I hate to break it to you, but I also wear clothes every day. What? I saw your shorts. I'm not sure I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> they look a little too uh, short, those shorts. They they are a little short. Right? That yeah. song, Who Wears Short Shorts, that was about Elliot. That was about Elliot Hopper. <laughs> yeah. They knew he was coming. Yep. Who wears shorts, shorts? I tried to find some more shorts over the last uh, few weeks. You having a tough time? Yeah. They either don't fit because I've eaten too much mm. or uh, they're uh, the um, the cargo pocket. I like returned. it. I don't it like it. I yeah. don't like the cargo pocket either. And it has returned. Yeah. It feels the, like they're trying to trick us. They're like, you're yeah. going to buy them and they go, those aren't in style, you idiot. <laughs> that's what happened last time. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to trick me again. Well, I'm not, not going to wear them. And, and it's not even just about style for me. Like. You can't use that pocket because then it bounces against your I thigh. I don't like or the knee. way it hits my thigh. Yeah. And I, to that point, even the even the empty cargo pocket, I don't like the way it hits my thigh. You know yeah. what you could put in a cargo pocket? One Kleenex, <laughs> and then you wouldn't necessarily. <laughs> That's notice. all that works. Yeah. You know what yeah. I keep in mind? I, I, one side hopes, the other side dreams. Nice. Oh, very light. That way they're <laughs> very light and unused. <laughs> um, all right, listen. Here's your question now. Mm-hmm. Clothing is your topic. Everyone's got their bed in. Yep. Everybody's got their bed in. Yeah. Garen, you got your bed in. Uh, here's your question. Pajamas. Pajamas, however you want to say it, mm-hmm. were invented in the 17th century, but were very unpopular. But why did they make a resurgence in 1914? Pajamas were invented in the 17th century, but were very unpopular. But why did they make a resurgence in 1914? Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting question. Um, Why? I have an idea. I have. I. Uh, I, I have. Uh, uh, I also have an idea. I think it's probably wrong, but I feel good about how it is going to make me look to have this idea. I feel good about my answer too, but I'm 99 percent sure I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll find out. There's only one way to find out, and that's to have everybody write yours down. David. Yes, yes, yes. David is in. Elliot's in. Mm-hmm. Garan. Garan is not in. You're the first. Pr- you, I go to you first. You know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could play. I could play one of these. Uh, one of these songs. Give you a little bit more time to think. What would you be playing? Well, one, I have two around the horn songs. Uh, all right. Yeah. Play around the horn. All right. Sitting cross-legged on the sucks <laughs> very good uh now listen that is not chicago chicago does have the brand new release chicago carnegie hall that complete uh 16 albums it costs 180 bucks but you get our liner notes you get free. our liner notes free you think it's free i think they're paying with the rest of the 60 bucks yes, exactly. <laughs> the cds uh by the way my dad uh, who uh, has the package he uh, called me and said this this package is beautiful like he was raving about the paper in the uh, of the booklet mm-hmm. and uh he was just going crazy about it yeah. i'll tell you um those kind of liner notes and you're like with your dad it reminds me of uh my dad loves sinatra and like when i grew up my first memory is him playing my way over and over again because he was going starting a business and going through a rough time and, and that was like his psych up thing mm-hmm. i mentioned this on the liner notes of duets for frank sinatra who then i took the he paid me so much he was so generous i bought my wife's engagement ring with money sinatra gave me Holy smokes. so that's and we're still married so frank 
you know, that, longer than any Frank's marriages, clearly, <laughs> frankly. Uh, frankly. Uh, but on his deathbed, I'm at a hospice, and a nurse says to me, do you know Sinatra? And I'm like, not really, sort of. But she goes, your dad was like, last night, he was like, he, he had Alzheimer's, and he remembered things mm. came back and forth. But one of the last things he ever said was to this nurse going, my son got me mentioned on a Sinatra record. Oh, uh, how's that? You know, and and there was like you can't pay for you know right that kind of. So it's like yeah, I'm, I'm sure the knockus. I don't know if your people have knockus. That's a word. It's knockus. a Chicago term. It's it's like deep dish uh, <laughs> love <laughs> is knockus. Knockus. Yes, yeah, so it was a pride. Mexican dish. No, the pride your dad yeah. feels. That's that's what they. That's what I would agree with that because I mentioned my dad. That's what and these Garen's people notes. call knockus. No, Garen's people don't call them that. <laughs> they do. No, Elliot's would. No, would. depressed people call. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> then you're right. Then it's Garen. Yeah, uh, Garen, do you have an answer now? We bought you a little bit of time. Yeah, I do. Uh, all right, listen, we check in with Garen Carkley's over there at the Pop Culture Museum for that, sponsored by DogPallet.com. Uh, Garen, we are a little tight on time, so I'm going to get to go right and get your answer. I said uh, soldiers in World War One wore them. Soldiers in World War One wore the pajama. Oh, that's yeah. a, so I'm going to maybe help you out slightly. You're saying these were like issued by the army. Yeah, basically. I like that's, that so, answer. So the army brought the pajama back. I like that answer. Pajama, pajama. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> Peabody. 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 Listen, this is the Peabody Award. I don't, I don't know. That. You, Nobody. You remember that Sherman and Peabody, that little cartoon? <laughs> if we go to the bathroom, the urinal together will be Peabody. Yeah, a couple Peabody's. of Peabody's. David, yeah. can I suggest a podcast idea for you that you could host a show called Peabody's and it's you interviewing fellow Peabody Award <laughs> <urinal>. winners? <laughs> yeah, the whole thing, it's only two minutes long. It's like, so what'd you win yours for? Oh, well, I got mine. David Wilde should have a podcast, though. That's I what agree. we probably oh, agree on. I've yeah. Signed for my third one recently. What signed now? For it. What do you mean? You signed for it? You signed you with get a, delivered by FedEx. You signed with a company. <laughs> yes. And uh, what? I can't say. It's with a mutual friend of ours, but uh, we've 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 talked about this for years. And Is it Brad Paisley? It. <laughs> 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 well, I don't know Brad, so it can't be. No. It might be that Beetle. Yeah, Paisley no, no, and no, Wild. No, no, no. What's that? Paisley and Wild. Paisley and Wild. You don't listen it's to that? Bad. I, I think like a lot of people listen to that. Yeah. Although David's already upset his name's not first. <laughs> I, I keep on making podcast deals, and then I keep on not doing them when we... when. And then they keep giving you other ones. Uh, when I realize that there's no money, there's very little. It, it's like, I so like money. I don't know if you've heard about this money. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, I really like money. Well, there, it depends who you sign with, well, David. now, this is the first time there might be a shekel, a shekel to be stolen. All right. Well, listen. There's a lot going on in the world, and uh, uh, one of the one of the things is getting around the uh, get everybody's pajama answer. Mm-hmm. But if you paid by the quality, this would be the best paid podcast in podcasting. I, I think that's a compliment. I don't it know. is. I don't know. Some it's, of those, it sounds it, like it, we're just doing a lot. Like that's, <laughs> that's just he's implying we're doing too many episodes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would say you are the Chicago of podcasting. Um, you are. Yeah. What, what if people don't like those 80s Chicago? That it sounds like, again, you're in No, I'm saying you went through a stage where you were really not that good. Hey! <laughs> but you always leaned on the hits. Here's the here's the interesting thing. I just, I just I, because a listener asked me my top five favorite Chicago songs. Interestingly enough, three of my top five favorite songs uh, come from uh, Hot Streets 13 and 14, which are the three least selling of uh, their entire catalog. Hmm. But there's still good music on there. It sounds like you're a contrarian, which I think we could. I think that's because uh, what happened, Matt, is that's when I uh, got into the band was sure. during that thing, and so right, there, right, there's right. some nostalgia sense. there. Yep. 
makes sense. All right. Let's check in with the uh, paranoid check. He's back there behind Video Village. Hello. That's Elliot Hochberg. Yes, sir. Uh, Elliot, you got the shorts on. You got the boots on. Yeah. Uh, are you? Hang on. Gary, what, when, you go, when you sleep, what do you wear? When I sleep? When you go to bed at night. You, 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 put, you put on a, a sleep pant. You put on a sweat pant. Uh, a short? Are you one of these guys that goes au natural? I have. It depends, really. I have shorts that I wear or I have pajama pants or, you know, I don't go nude. You, All right. you do have a pajama pant. That's I do have a pajama pant. Okay, yeah. Um, I like a you know I like to show off my nerd bullshit. Sure. So I'll put on a avatar pant to your blanket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To your blanket <laughs> to my to my bank. Yeah, my blanket. You know what I don't dogs. like about a pajama pant is I I don't I, I don't like that it's a little flouncy at the at the uh, at the yes. ankle. I like right. a yeah. I like a tighter. I don't like it loose down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. the one I just got that I got a from the last Airbender that cartoon I like. Um, they're really, they're almost like bell bottoms. They're really loose and they're long. And I did not know that at the time that I bought them. So they mm. get a little, I get, like if I walk outside with the dogs with them on. Got to peg those. They, what does that mean? Then, yeah, yeah. Mm. When you, uh, when you roll your cuffs up, but, but then you fold it and you kind of turn them into parachute oh, pants. Oh, that's not a bad idea. But yeah, yeah I, it bothers me. It's also a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was kidding, but you wouldn't know it from the complete lack of reaction to the room. <laughs> <laughs> You don't sound like you were giving a nice piece of advice. I mean, it would work, but it's a ridiculous look. I don't. Uh, of course it is. It's an 80s look. That's what we used to do. In, you know, yeah, we school. pegged our jeans. Yeah. We pegged our jeans. And then we pegged our ladies in the back of the Fiero. Now, Fiero only has two seats. You can still fucking it, Matt. The front is the back of the Fiero. Um, what do you sleep in, Elliot? Was that a what? Jimmy Pierce all like Fear Strikes Out reference there? I don't even know. No, that was uh, strictly Jimmy Pardo right out of the act. That was fantastic. <laughs> that's what that was. I, I appreciate the reference to Jimmy Pierce all, but no, that was uh, right out of, That's Pardo through and through. That was excellent. Thank you very much. I accept it. Uh, what do you sleep in? Uh, I'm underwear. I'm an underwear guy. And just, just your underpants. Yeah, because. No shirt? Well, be, so my. No service. <laughs> my bedroom is in a loft. Yeah, and so it's like five to ten degrees warmer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. I I often don't sleep even without a bed sheet because it's warm enough. Yeah, but you just you're, you don't put shorts on over your underpants. No, no, it does. It seems. Where's your closet? Is it up there with you, or you got to come downstairs for it? I uh, I've actually split my clothes. Uh, story. What is happening over there? No, David. I'm uh, trying to get my bulbous head looking at these two from uh, behind, just like the shot they were doing oh, last see. night. Uh, Ellie, Ellie, Ellie could take care of that. Part. All right, Ellie could do that. Yeah, yeah. Although you, you also just took a picture of your of your diet coke. I I'm not a multi platinum uh, music artist, so you uh, are to me. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you. Uh, he does have a beautiful singing voice. True. I actually have heard that at one of the I think at the. Uh, uh, Vitello's? No, the, not Vitello's. At the uh, comedy club in Burbank. Flappers. Flappers. Yeah. Uh, oh. that, yeah. That's very nice. Thank you, sir. Well, let's go. Let's get him a deal. <laughs> <laughs> let's get him signed so we can move on. We need everybody to move on. Uh, all right, go. Uh, what, uh, what, what is your guess here? So, so I was thinking about how after World War II, all the guys came home and they were wearing just their T-shirts, and that became a trend. So I also thought World War I... I, I thought maybe they were wearing long johns, and then that became a trend of pajamas after they came back from the war. All right, so it sounds like you guys both have the same answer. Yes, mm-hmm. but I wanted to say my logic because I was proud of it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Matt Bell, that's yours. Uh, first of all, I sleep in my boxers and a t-shirt. Very good. Uh, so just cross that T and dot that I. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and my answer, uh, I don't know that the, the, the date lines up quite correctly here but you know there was there was a pandemic in the teens mm-hmm. the 19 teens and so i'm gonna say that people wore pajamas uh because they thought uh, that uh, it was somehow 
for health reasons they they if they were in the nude they would maybe catch a cold more easily so yeah. they they put started putting pajamas wasn't on. it 1918 i believe that, it was a little later than than this date but uh, that was the best i could go <laughs> so it seems like the pajama didn't help no obviously it didn't but maybe they saw it coming and they're like we better start wearing pajamas <laughs> maybe it gathered but maybe it, it, did the opposite. it, it gathered well they had a lot of screwy ideas but they did do one thing then that would have helped us now that we've thought we were too high tech and and uh and smart to to think of but they did a lot of ventilation stuff in in the last pandemic because they realized that fresh air they didn't know why but they thought you know fresh air could only help yeah it was just it was just keeping the you know the airborne uh, virus from collecting in a room now we're in a room right now with no windows <laughs> but we do have a vent uh, we, we do have the yeah vent also we are all there, there's a wonderful thing that they came up with there's a vaccine mm-hmm. that well. if you get that that will keep it away from you you may still get it but it won't be as bad was it originally prescribed to horses because if it wasn't i'm not interested. i know you're only looking for, uh the uh, you're an equestrian yeah I'm actually very. I woke up this morning to find out that they uh, we could have uh, yes. approval for uh, my son's age group uh, at, by the end of October. Pfizer so. was very, uh, very, uh, very positive with their news today. Yeah, very exciting news on a Monday morning. Uh, the um, very, very quickly there was a photograph of uh, Chris Sale, the pitcher for the uh, Boston Red Sox, mm-hmm. in the, those city uniforms that they wear from time yep. to time. And uh, somebody says, "Boy, he looks. Uh, his he just threw a slider." And he said his slider is sickening. And somebody wrote, uh, the fact that he's not vaccinated is even more sickening. <laughs> oh, boy. And somebody wrote, why do you have to bring politics into it? And somebody else wrote, she didn't. And I just thought, fucking oh, wow. perfect. Yes. Yeah. It's you, not a political thing. You, you actually did, asshole. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's not political. Personal. Get your yeah. shot. You got to fuck a fuck. Where about get a shot? And a conversation. It's personal. They're calling him stupid. Um, <laughs> here, here. David, what's your guess on this? My guess, I've just pandemic nightwear that's what i, I, I oh, we're on yes. the same page holy shit yes. what are the odds two and two we got yeah. chuck Ullery in here oh boy just right pandemic that was and don't bring politics into this i apologize he used to host uh lingo now yeah. he's running his mouth uh, about love lingo and i want to thank you jimmy and i think the yes. listener wants to thank you for not asking me what i wear <laughs> i know i know my wife thanks you i assume it's some sort of a dodger hat <laughs> no it's it's a johnny hayes jazz or cutting crew t-shirt always no it's not, not your hat. Cutting this is a true statement david and you're the only guy to maybe appreciate this uh, one day out of the blue my mom who's since passed away but my mom one day just went Whatever happened to that band, The Cutting Crew? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, out of nowhere. I think the shortest reviews I ever wrote in Rolling Stone were for Cutting Crew and Johnny Hates Jazz. I believe the Johnny Hates Jazz was the review, whole review. And I only did this because there would be like an inch left in the record review section in yes. the old days. And I need to fill it. So I wrote, David Hates Johnny Hates Jazz. <laughs> Which isn't even true. But I needed you needed it. I needed yeah. to you fill it. You, you took this band down, yes. even though you didn't. You I get, apologize. You, you gave him a shit sandwich. <laughs> I gave him a shit sandwich, exactly. And what did you say about Cutting Crew? I don't remember what the fuck. <laughs> but here's what I do want to say is I think I you discussing what people wear at night yeah. made me realize why I think this might be the secret to staying married is I was I was thinking about what I wear to bed. I was thinking about being married and my wife and I realized I am still love like last night despite the fact that she yelled at me three times because I took four Silkwood showers after leaving the the Emmys <laughs> to like wipe the whatever might have been yeah. on me. And I was waking her up every time because she hasn't slept either. But I remember, I think 
the secret to being married is to never lose the idea of like, I can't believe I'm getting to sleep in a bed next mm -hmm. to a girl. Like I'm still, <laughs> I, still I'm, excited I'm about very it. old. Uh -huh. I'm still very excited. I look at her and I go, this is excellent. Mm -hmm. Like a girl's in the bed and, that, yeah. and I'm going to sleep. This is fantastic. I think if you lose that, I think that's never lose that. I will never lose that. You, you don't seem, you seem to love your wife. Oh, very much so. You're a man who loves wife. <laughs> you, I can't tell. <laughs> I'm very private yes, about it, but exactly. I do. I, the truth is I do. Uh, my answer is actually so, very, somewhat similar to what David just said, actually. Yeah. It, uh, uh, couples started sleeping together. That's what I went with. Oh, I, that's I, a great answer. The big answer. bed. The big bed. In the big bed. Instead yeah. of the two ah. separate beds. Instead of the two separate beds. And I don't even know if that was ever a thing or if it was just on television. No, my grandparents slept in two separate beds, and that was after 1914. So um, there, was, there was a thing where, where you used to sleep all in one bed, and then there was some time period where the two beds happened. Yeah. And it was, I think, in the early part of the 20th century, maybe the late part of the 19th century. And then the big bed came back. And then there was a TV right requirements of having yeah. one right. never could be two people in a bed. Yeah. And didn't like, I feel like this could be wrong. Was the Brady Bunch the first one that like they oh, showed? Oh, came back. With the, the one big bed. Yeah. What about Bob Newhart? Wouldn't Bob, well, no, that was after Brady Bunch. Yeah. That's like that's TV trivia that I've been probably getting wrong, but there is some like the famously this was the first time they showed a, a married couple in bed together. I am not listening to a word you said. I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. I just smashed my elbow on the arm of this chair so hard that I oh. cannot believe I'm not writhing in pain on the ground. Dear oh, Lord, that's how hard I hit it. Yeah. Can I give you a cutting crew review? Yes. <laughs> this uh, uh, yeah. in terms of Johnny Hayes jazz style. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, this just died in my ears tonight. Very nice. Very good. <laughs> oh, this just died in my ears tonight. It must have been something I said. I like that album. That's the only. I, I think I still have one of those. One of the Cutting Crew. You yeah, own four albums. Yeah, I know. Three Paul Williams and a. <laughs> that no, might have been that might have been a gift, but I did enjoy it. When I met Fran, she had one album. All right, hang on. Let's try to guess what it is. Oh boy, what year was it? <laughs> what year did you meet her? I met her ninety one, ninety two. Oh, okay, 92. and was it? Uh, just give us a few hints. Was it uh, a current album or a classic? I'm going to say it was Michael Bolton. Right out of the gate, I'm just going shot in the dark. On her behalf, I say, fuck you. <laughs> hey, that Soul Provider album is good. There's some good songs actually, on that. I actually love my, I, I know and. Of course you know him, David. We all know you know him. <laughs> I interviewed, here's a good name drop you haven't heard. I interviewed Ray Charles and I asked him about all the white guys who try to sound, who have been compared to him. And yes. I, so it was like, Winwood, Joe Cocker, Michael Bolton at the time. This is 91 or two I did this. And he mentioned, so he said something about them. Uh, and I think he said about Michael Bolton, he goes, people say he sounds like he's hurting himself singing, but I think he would know if he was hurting himself. I think he sounds okay or something. <laughs> and, and Michael Bolton, the first person to ever call me from a jet, he goes, David, it's Michael Bolton calling from a jet <laughs> to say, thank you. I can't believe you got, you know, Ray Charles, the genius of soul, to say wow, a word about me. That's great. And that's it was like the great, that's a great, great call. Nice. Uh, private jet, personal jet, personal jet. Did Michael <laughs> did Michael Bolton make personal jet money? I think For it sure. was. I think it was personal jet money. Yeah, he wow. absolutely made that. Money. He's a soul. <laughs> God, that's a good album. Very good. Right. Uh, the, the Diane Warren writes some of the songs on there. Yes. Uh, Michael Bolton. I think it's Paul Stanley write one on there. Co-write. Do not know. Or is that on a kiss? Either way. Uh, all right. Here's your answer. Well, we got to all take right. a break. Oh, we got to take another break. All right, we'll oh, take but you break. don't know what the album was that oh, my yeah. wife had. Shit, I got all lost. No, like, sure. Your story about Michael Bolton. If people don't so know frazzled. this. All right, hang on. The only album your wife had, which means she's not really into music, so what does she see in you? 
Was it was it like a contemporary of the early '90s, or was it just an old? I album? think it was already a few years old, and it was a soundtrack. I will give you that much. Uh, it was a soundtrack. Okay. So, uh, Top Gun. Top or Dirty Wait, no, Dancing. Body, bodyguard. No, oh, not it guess. was not one of the albums that people who buy one album oh, ever so okay. buy. Any of the cruisers. Big Chill. <laughs> no, that, that girl. It, I would have married her sooner. If it was girl. <laughs> Somewhere in time. What? It was oh, somewhere times that's that's a go. That's romantic. Yeah, very romantic. ice castles. No, about last night. Oh, the wow. soundtrack. That's a nice soundtrack. About last night. We just it was on Capitol Records. That John Wait. That John Wait song. If anybody had a heart. Oh, that's a good song. That's good. John Oates solo. Yes. Interesting. Uh, yeah. No, that that's not bad. She owned that, right? Isn't that on Capitol or is it on Liberty Capital? I think it's on Capitol Records. I think it's EMI, I guess. It's EMI. I'm but that's EMI. Capital. That's the yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah. Don't fucking... The same family. Don't mince meat me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll be back with the answer right after this. Hey, guys. Matt here with some dates for you. David Wilde's on Twitter, at WildAboutMusic. Follow him there for uh, fun stuff about music. He uh, writes a lot of liner notes. He writes for the Grammys. He produces the Grammys. He produces the CMAs. If you watch any of those award shows, you've enjoyed his work, and you should continue to do that because he's good at it. Jimmy Pardo's good at comedy, and you can find him uh, at the Flappers uh, Zoom Room. That's uh, flapperscomedy.com on September 24th. Uh, he'll be doing his thing there, and you know how that works. Anywhere in the world you could be, and uh, once you get your ticket on flapperscomedy.com, you log into the Zoom and enjoy some crowd work maybe uh request a bit and uh it's all fun and games and uh you have a good time also if you're in the burbank area or near on october 6th you can see him judge pop cultured uh that's another show that he does monthly but this one's in person so you got to be in, in burbank but uh please check out pop cultured go to flapperscomedy.com for tickets to that as well again it's october 6th don't know the comedians on the bill but uh you know jimmy's always going to be fun and uh, judging those comics and uh, having a good time with trivia. So uh, do all that and enjoy. I'm going to pronounce this properly. Ernin. Ernin. E-A-R-N-I-N is pronounced Ernin. I don't know how else you would pronounce it, but they really want to be clear that that's how to pronounce it. Yeah, I guess maybe some people might get a little confused because two words that are usually separated by a space are actually squished together into one word. All right, so let, let, let's all right, let's go with your premise. Mm-hmm. You got the two words. You got earn and in. How would you say those separately? Earnin. That's together. Mm-hmm. I asked for you to do it separately. Oh, separately. Earn in. Er, earn in. All right, yeah. now do it together. Ear in. Yeah, see? You're mis- <laughs> uh, all right, so maybe they're right. Uh, earn in is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to 100 bucks a day, up to 750 bucks per pay period. Look, again, we, we've talked about it before. Maybe you got a last-minute gift for a loved one. you got upcoming rent. Uh, and, uh-oh, paychecks run out with the other bills. That's where Earnin jumps in and helps you out. Uh, you can download Earnin today. Uh, let me spell that for you. We've had fun pronouncing it. <laughs> now let's spell it. Let me spell it for you. E-A-R-N-I-N, and that is in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, I'm asking you to do this for us. Type Never Not Funny under podcast when you sign up. That'll let them know that we sent you there. It helps us out. Never Not Funny under podcast over there at Earnin. It is subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See Earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. Once again, Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work. Up, get up to $100 a day, up to $750 bucks per pay period. Earnin. Get your money now. Matt Belknap, I want you to spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter. 
Zip, zip. And find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Go to this exclusive web address, web address, <laughs> to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Pardo. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash Pardo. ZipRecruiter is the way to go. Uh, look, you, you set your clocks forward. You, uh, you feel like there's more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, you don't have that kind of time. You got crunch time. ZipRecruiter fills those hours for you. No one wants to waste time with hiring. That doesn't sound fun. That's just like a, a, a chore that you have to get through. I've got need. other things to do. Right. Let me do my actual job instead of trying to find someone else to work if for If that me. jerk didn't quit, I wouldn't be doing right. this. I'd like to see Elliot hire someone as his like building managing manager assistant, assistant to the building manager. Somebody over at the familiar. Yeah, to deal with these broken chairs and all this. There's a, there's a wave of looting and rioting in that building. That, going on. <laughs> well, you know why, right? Yeah, the manager. Yeah, manager. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, why he needs an assistant. Uh, who would take it seriously. Yeah. Uh, visit ZipRecruiter.com slash Pardo to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Pardo to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the program. 2906 is the episode number. We had, Now, listen, pajamas were uh, invented way back in the day. They made a strong comeback in 1914. We got a couple of people think that's because of World War One. Two other people think it's because of the pandemic. One guy is completely wrong. I think it's because uh, men and wife started sleeping together in a bigger bed. Uh, sleeping solo in a bed. I don't bed. think that's a bad guess. S- sleeping uh, solo in his double bed. What is that, David? What is that song? Oh yeah, sleeping sleep solo in a double bed. Is, I love that. Yeah. Is that the words though? Sleeping sleeping sleep single, single in a double in bed. a double bed. Who is that? Is that Terry Gibbs? Who does that? Right. I think that might be Terry Gibbs. Somebody's knocking the secret. The, the follow up single to somebody's knocking. Somebody's knocking. Should I let him in? Lord, good it's stuff. the devil. That's good stuff. It's a great song. Barbara yeah. Mandrell. Barbara, oh, it's Barbara. Oh, Mandrell. You're right. It's Barbara Mandrell. I'm going to say this about the answers on the table here. Yeah. You you knocked us for saying that it was pandemic. I did not knock you. I knocked mine. No, no. But you're saying it, the pandemic was later than 1914, which I think is true. But World War One also began in 1914. So I don't know if people would already be coming back with pajamas. They they were but to your, use your word. They were issued the pajamas. Right. Well, that. But to speak to Elliot's idea, mm. wouldn't yeah. have been would have been near the end of the war that they came That's back. That's fair. And, Let's find out together. All right. Let's find out the answer here as I go right. We to, could all be wrong, too. Uh, and now, listen, I think I'm, we are. I, I think we're all wrong. <laughs> I will tell you this. There are two emails here. One is answer and then one is R.E. the answer. So maybe there's a uh, follow up on this. Maybe an apology. <laughs> my, my other idea was that it was president related. Oh. That whoever was. Oh, that's a good guess. Woodrow Wilson wore his pajamas on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know who was president. so I gave up on that. Here it comes. You ready? Because it was war times. Uh-oh. And if there were air raids early in the morning, oh. it was easier to run in pajamas than a nightgown. Oh. I, so none of us, none of us. I had that, that thought, but I was like, well, that's at World War II more so than World War One with the but air raids. Now, let me look and see what he wrote here oh. uh, in this other. I'll read the answer. Please don't use this question, Dad. <laughs> Specifically, the First World War. Huh. Well, sure. well that was. That's, so that was just the start yeah. of airplanes <laughs> being used in war. So, okay. But the wars were like biplanes. I mean, they yeah, were but they still could drop. They could still drop a bomb. On you, baby. Uh, right now, yeah, what's David, happening is David Weil is is distracting all of us by taking David, a selfie. What, what would you do if you couldn't document every second of your life? <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? So that so those guys don't get no. They one. don't get it. No, they're no, wrong. No one gets. No, it. I, I I agree. So we go to the bets. Oh, good, I'm good call. I'm so mad because I, I literally thought that and talked myself out of it because I was like, well, no, the air raids were more World War II when 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 England was being bombed like crazy. I don't know much about World War One, so maybe they were also being bombed like crazy then. Well, but. World War One was mostly like in Europe, like France and 
right th- those places so, so i'm sure they were being bombed i just for some reason couldn't get it out of my head that it was like well it's either america or england you're all about making america great again with, with respect to pajamas, yes, obviously. In, in my head, I feel like there were like dirigibles or something that were dropping bombs as well, maybe. I think World dirigibles were. Mm. I know that one blew up badly, yeah. but that was stateside here. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe there's never been a band called the Dirigibles. It's a, well, because some people say dirigible, and so I think it's difficult to say. I would give them a Peabody. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Do you think Well, Led that, Zeppelin, right? Yeah, oh, did Led Zeppelin well, talk Led, them out of it? Didn't let, maybe Led Zeppelin, nobody would want to be compared to them. Yeah. Have you seen the new Led Zeppelin documentary yet? I have not. I, People are raving about I, it. Yeah, yes. I had nothing to do with it, so no. I'm you only involved. watch things you're involved I in. I try to only see things. All right, that makes, well, you're so busy. I, that makes a lot of sense. Um, the um, I did have Jimmy Page in London. The worst interview I ever had was... Uh, I was in England for a different band. Uh, I think it was Prefab Sprout or whatever. Sure. And I got a call going, There's a there was a first box set of Led Zeppelin's greatest songs, and then they put out a second box set, which was all the other shit, <laughs> <laughs> literally. And so it was promoting that. And like they said, Jimmy Page is doing interviews in his office. Go there. And so I just went, you know, and I'm, I'm you know, more of a Who fan. I'll be 100% honest, but I like, I love Led Zeppelin, you know. Uh, but I got walked in, and Jimmy Page was a total douche to was me. Was he really? Oh. Wouldn't answer, like, was just really rude. Like, it just it wouldn't say anything. And I'm like, have I said something to offend you? He you has, said that to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only done that twice. Joe Jackson, Jimmy Page. I've said, have I, if you, you know, done something wrong here? He goes, I'm mad about the review. Oh. And I went, and I'm thinking, did I review Coverdale Page, which would have been around? He goes, I said, what review? I don't remember writing a review. He goes, he goes, no, no, the first Zeppelin album in Rolling Stone. I'm like, Jimmy, I was five. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? Rolling Stone was wrong. Fuck. You know, it's like, right. but he literally was like. Did he then warm, warm up or was he still? He warmed up to lukewarm okay. after that. It was fine after that. But he was giving me shit about the wow. really bad review of the first Zeppelin That's album. Amazing. And this was like in the nine, you know, yeah. early 90s. He was still mad about that review. Wow. wow. Well, uh, he's never made music again. I hope that's in the documentary. <laughs> I think it's going to be. I think, I, think it, I think it makes it. Um, what? Uh, let's go with our bets. Uh, okay, who Gary, are we starting Gary, with? Gary, what'd you bet? I bet, what did I bet? Nine. 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 Elliot. Ten. Ten. Matt. Eighteen. Fuck you! Why? Wait, we, we all the, get it wrong. We want the highest or the lowest? Lowest. The lowest. Oh, I bet 17. <laughs> <laughs> I just got, what did you bet? Wait, you were stealing my Lauren Michaels bet. <laughs> I bet two. Wow. Oh, nicely done. That means he wins. That means he wins. Wild style. So David Wildstar uh, gets the nickel. Give him the five. Give him a five. All right, wait, wait. I don't, the, it's, you have to vent. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. We, I'm, you, I'd like we, to donate it. We know you like the shekels. You already mentioned <laughs> Yeah, you only do things for money. We heard it. All right. The shekels, didn't they open up for the dirigibles? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Great bill. Why has the shekels not been a band name? That actually is a good band name. Mm-hmm. That is a fantastic name. Or a fantasy baseball team name. Not mine, necessarily. <laughs> uh, the shekels. I, I what I want to I want to play this because all of us got this wrong and the fans submitted this and I've never played it before but I think it applies so right, let's hear here it. we go Rocky Road, I remember there's a reference to losing that went with Rocky well, we Road. can't hear the new song if you talk over it they were you want the trivia for five dollars take it home Rocky Road. So the idea, I believe, is 
You got it wrong, but you still won. I like the uh, I like the sentiment. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Rocky Road is the right. I don't know if there, I'm happy with Rocky it Road. It was a reference that we made. Oh, we made a reference. Okay. Yes. Mm. Well, then I'm on board. I think it's great. Yeah. I think I think maybe somebody like. It was Rocky Road ice cream was the like the answer to something and uh, oh it was yes, you're exactly right yes yes yeah. well that's a very specific a deep, song then. deep cut yeah I wanted to say before that uh, when you go around the horn a, a good song for that would be the Daft Punk song around the world yeah I was thinking that too but around the horn around yeah, the horn exactly I'm not a fan of Daft Punk if we could not have that on my show <laughs> I think I'd that's the number happy. one reason it's not going to happen but uh, <laughs> yeah it fits been around like the horn and I I I <laughs> I like yeah. that that's CC you know uh, I hate uh, to name drop. But I did have a, <laughs> oh my God. I, did, I did have a meeting with Daft Punk. How did, did you know? They, did they wear helmets or no helmets? They wore no helmets. It was so freaky weird. I think it was the same year we had a SIA meeting, and it was like all these people who you don't see in a and fucking you saw conference face room. Too? Yes. Oh no. And it was super crazy. Wow. Being now the weird thing is. I would like, I have this weird feeling, having seen them, right, in a meeting, there was one point when they were accepting a Grammy <laughs> where I'm pretty sure I saw one of them in the audience. So I don't know oh. if they were, I don't know if they did a trick even like they were doing performance art. Did they all trick you or did time. they trick the Grammys? That's I the question. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. I could see them not accepting the Grammy and sending uh, doubles to, to actually accept. Oh, why I wouldn't totally you? That. I mean, no, I mean, I think they were there watching it. Right, right. It's also like Radiohead did the Grammys once and Tom York did it with like the USC marching band. And it was a super weird thing of like, they had this, and it was a fantastic performance, but it was one of those 15 step, is that what it's called? And, but they cut to the audience and there was Radiohead watching Radiohead perform. It was because huh. Tom York was the only one on stage. Yeah, that's he weird. He did it alone. Just the weird cutaways that I, in Grammy history. John Denver, who you just played the Take Me Home Country Road. Yes. I wrote the Grammy 40th anniversary, whatever, there was like a coffee table book. So I had to watch the raw feeds of every Grammy show wow. in history. John Denver hosted the show for and he was a very number good. of years. And he was very he was very good. Andy Williams, I guess, had been before. It was like as they were moving towards LL Cool J. You know, <laughs> slowly. Very slowly. But the crazy thing is almost everybody else who ever hosted is like a singer or, I mean, a, a rapper like LL or like a comedian. A lot of comedians, like you would see doing it Ellen or whatever and they're always in between commercials they're like trying to entertain people John Denver was unique in that when they would I'd watch the raw footage of him like in between commercials and there was nothing he just looked straight ahead at the like waited for the prompter and then he then he was great but it was like it's like he turned on only when the camera was on it was really unique I've never seen anything quite like I love I'm a John Denver fan I am too Sounds like a robot to me, but yeah, well, he's dead. <laughs> well, so is Daft Punk. Yeah, I know. You don't hate them for that. There's a lot of robots in the music industry. You <laughs> don't close out. your eyes tonight. That's a deep John Denver cut that I love, absolutely love, from the '80s when nobody gave a shit about John Denver anymore. Oh, when he that was the last sort of big moment was this duet with Domingo Placido Domingo yes. called "Perhaps Love," which is one Perhaps of the love. I have to say, it makes me cry. It's me too. Songs. Every time, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Crazy. It's a little. Bit like Julio and uh, Willie Nelson, like two voices who probably <laughs> shouldn't technically be right. together, but there's something about it that just moves me. I, I, you're not going to get a fight from me. I went through a John Denver phase where I listened to that on the on every plane ride. 
uh, or flight. I guess they call him flight. <laughs> um, there was a guy named Milt Oaken who was like John Denver, very like his manager, producer guy. He also did Peter Paul and Mary. He did Domingo. He did Perhaps Love, but it, he did Laura Nero. But I had I wrote liner notes for John Denver's. There's like a song's best friend. There's this anthology that came out like 15 years ago. But I sat with him, and he was like, uh, he was hysterical because he was just like. Uh, I got like all the John Denver stories in one. I just sitting with an old old guy yes. in a Beverly Hills room, and you go, "There's nothing I would rather do than sit and hear John Denver stories because no one's telling John Denver stories anymore." <laughs> uh, were they wonderful? Were they eye opening? They were no, they were wonderful. They were uh, you know, Peter, Paul, and Mary. He was like, uh, he, was like uh, he was. I don't know if he was mad at Peter, Paul, or Mary, or Mary, or the ampersand. But he was, <laughs> one of them. He's got a problem one with one of them. One of them had pissed him off. I'm going to say it's Paul Stuckey. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you were watching all that Grammy footage, did you watch the? And maybe this might be one of those things where I've remembered it wrong my entire life. But there's the footage of Andy Williams with Stevie Wonder with Stevie Wonder holy shit it's the most amazing thing Can, let me, let me yes. say what I remember yeah. is this is what I remember because I've yes. never seen the footage again since I was a kid when it was live they're trying to go to a satellite with Stevie Wonder and he says Stevie can you see us because we can see you uh-huh. is that what happens it is uh, I think Stevie Wonder was like in Zaire or yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah. like that and it's like their early attempt to do like a live satellite yes, I got it right. moment oh no and it's the most awkward yes and I think it's it's like Andy Williams was like on the role of hosting the show forever and after Stevie can you see me Stevie can you see us Never hosted never host again. I think oh, that no. was the end. Wow. That was like the songs in the key of life year, I think, were. Okay. And that's my favorite, the the favorite M- Grammy joke that just, you know, Paul Simon, known for his, actually he was funny, but also, you know, he was a great artist. But he was like, when he won, like in the intervening year, he went like, I'd like to thank first and foremost Stevie Wonder for not putting an album out this year. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, oh no, the Andy Williams. I can't believe you remember I that. Remember, I remember it very, vividly. And I, I, so nobody commented on it. They're like, they're, they, like Stevie didn't make a joke or no one like tried to defuse. It was just awkward. I don't think Stevie heard it, right? Because it, he, it, was, uh, like, it was in old TV time where like yeah. there was maybe less of a sense of like, you can't, they couldn't get out of it. They just, right. wow. it was just dead. Dead air, dead oh, sound. And, and it wasn't on purpose. He just misspoke. Oh, it was. Oh, no. He was just, he was literally like, this is new technology. Right. Hey, we can see you. Can you see us? Like, I, I, I oh, wait, by the way, thinking. in having, I have spent more time with Steve. I'm one of the greatest joys of my life is I've written and got, he's asked me, I'm in his ear. That's the, uh, because obviously he's not reading prompter. He's always requested that I read, even oh. when he sings something. Uh, acapella. He makes me sing it into a microphone. <laughs> what? I, I've sung Stevie Wonder's greatest hits to Stevie Wonder more than you can ever imagine. Which is imagine how intimidating that it's is. Bananas. Well, imagine also it's the scariest thing in my. You ask anyone at the Grammys, they know that I'm never really that scared except when I have to do this for Stevie. And I always want Stevie on the show, and I always write him acapella singing something. But that means he goes, okay, you, there's a special microphone that's brought over to you, and I'm backstage. And the thing about it is that makes it impossible is he stevie's got one of the most active minds and a great sense of humor so he won't just read what you say he'll improv and when you're leading someone vocally on an improv i don't know you don't know what to do you don't know when right. to just stop because you don't know and yeah. you're on live tv but i have sung higher ground to him i've sung <laughs> uh, sir duke one year we did a tribute on a different non-grammy show to uh, Ray Charles and I had to sing what I say to Stevie Wonder and I was oh like there is and here's the craziest part about that is someone watching the show 
called me immediately after and said, was Stevie Wonder impersonating you? Oh my God. And I went, that doesn't even make sense to me because I don't have a distinctive voice other than Peabody or <laughs> Sandwich. They, but they literally, from hearing him read what I was reading to him, he's such a mimic genius. They they could tell he was doing wow. my voice, which is That's super crazy. weird. Uh, a couple of years, maybe right before the pandemic, I was in New York getting on a plane and I get a call. Stevie's doing his annual Christmas show at the Forum, I think it was. Yeah. And he goes, he wants you to read him all his stuff because he's like hosting it. And I was getting on a plane and they said, he goes on at eight. And I said, well, I land at 930. And they said, well, then you might not make it. I said, well, then very definitely won't make it because unless the plane crashes into the forum and I live, there's no way I'm going to make it. So, uh, all right, David Wiles has been our guest. David, thank you for joining us. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, always wonderful to see you. And, I, and, and just, I've said this on the show many a time and I've said it to you uh, you bringing me into the mix to write the liner notes for Chicago at Carnegie Hall uh, is a dream come true and I, I will I, I will go to my grave thanking you for one of the greatest experiences of my life I thank you because I really otherwise I would have had to write something instead we just had fun talking and I you know I I hope we can do it again on something uh, on the cutting crew or Johnny H. Jazz box set. 16 CDs I of the cutting crew. It's just the same thing over and over and just over. Just dying and dying again in your arms <laughs> every <laughs> night. What was Johnny H. Jazz's big, he- uh, big hit? Shattered Dreams. Shattered Dreams. Shattered Dreams. Shattered dreams. Oh, I could run away, run away. Yeah, maybe it's right there. <laughs> right there. I don't know. I kind of, well, I just have a nostalgic. I'd put it right there. I don't know where you're I put it. I'm going to put it. You can put it there? The same angle, but opposite uh, of now. More like a 60%. Uh, All right. David Wiles has been our guest. Uh, you can look for him. He's got his third uh, failed podcast coming out, it sounds like. <laughs> uh, so keep an eye on that. Um, otherwise, uh, we're done. Thank you guys so much for listening. Really appreciate it. On behalf of the Pop Culture Beast, look at him over there. His hair has somehow tamed itself while we've been sitting here. That's Garen Cockrell behind Video Village. That's the Paranoid Check. Elliot Hopper, the Hotshot Matt Belknap. Our friend David Wilde. I'm Jimmy Pardo. We'll see you next time on the podcast. AK47, go on, not forgotten. Love Never Not Funny? For a second episode every week and video of every episode, plus bonus perks, sign up for a Platinum subscription at NeverNotFunny.com. Never Not Funny is executive produced by Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap. Video production by Elliot Hochberg. Production assistance by Garen Cockrell. Music by Daver and Watch It Burn. Copyright 2021 Never Not Funny, LLC.